You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because you've got powerful legs, how'd you get the physique? Was it gym or how'd you get the physique? Um, I've always been that. She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I'm sure this... no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I love shit, though. Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, Natter's messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. J-Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 533rd edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello, everybody listening throughout the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. More on that in a moment. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of August, which we will be starting very soon. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Just a quick one on those other platforms because we've had a few people getting in touch. We've had a few issues during the week with SoundCloud, RSS feeds, things that are above my pay grade. Trying to sort it out as best as we can amongst, you know, going to work and all these other things. Might be a bit late this week, the podcast might be a bit of a disruption over the next week or so, but we're on it. 
So please be patient. Normal service will be resumed. On that note, massive thanks to Danny Young, hosted the Nutters Call-In last night. Helped me out this morning in many ways as well. When my tech let me down, he was there alongside with Andy Patterson to help bail me out. Anyway, enough of all that stuff. Enough of the particulars. Shout out to everybody in the chat there tonight. Only the two huge cards to discuss. Man, Steve, week. you're you're really drawing this out. It's it's almost like you don't even want to fucking eat the crow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, how long can we make this go for before I have to admit I was wrong? No, I no, I, I, please. After you, you, ask, you ask my wife, I'm more than happy to admit I'm wrong on a daily basis. <laughs> I have to get the particulars out, Matty. Otherwise, people will be shouting at me during the week. You know how it is. Right, so Inoue versus Fulton. Only joking, Matty. Only joking. We're going to start in one place, the place that you were there, the T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, last night. Promoter Tom Brown. I'm only joking, Matty. Towns Crawford, 9th round knockout over Errol Spence, IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO titles were all on the line. The only criticism I have of Crawford, after that fight, Andy is why didn't he finish Spence earlier? The absolute state of that guy. Before the fight, Sean Porter said, Spence is really good at fighting hurt. He's good at fighting when someone hurts him. Well, I'll tell you what, he needed to be last night because he looked like he just came yeah. out of that car crash. By about round three, Wellington was pulling for Crawford to just put him out of his misery. Finish him already because what was transpiring after three or four rounds was a one-sided massacre. So Mr. Wellington did what I did the night that Froch beat Booty when I was live in attendance. So I totally switched sides during that fight. Like a total, Just finish him for like goodness sake. Like a total face Please. jumper, eh? Oh, it was, it was, it was tremendous stuff. <laughs> As you say, mate, you know, that between the, the third or the fourth round had finished. You know, it was like his mug shot and when he was lying in the hospital. That's how bad Spence looked. He looked his eyes were swollen, looked like they were kind of half shut, bleeding from the nose, you know, the lips begin to swell up in that as well. It was a terrible beating. It's about the best I can say. I, I, I picked Crawford last week, but I didn't really expect... Well, I didn't expect Spence to win, sorry, but I did not expect him to lose in the manner what he did. I just did not expect him to be dominated like that. I didn't expect it to be cagey early doors like what happened in the first round. I expected that from about the first two or three rounds. And obviously that just totally flipped when uh, when Crawford dropped him in the in round two. He's obviously he's got up his prideful man, isn't he? He's got to try and fight back. And then obviously about the fourth, it looked like every jab that Crawford threw, or so every time that Crawford landed a jab, sorry, it rocked Spence for everything. There were times even Spence was biting on feints. Crawford was just slipping too good with the feet. He was missing straight jabs. You know, he was way to the side by the time Spencer was getting his jab off. He was just too slow. You know, you talk about NUA being razor sharp there. So was Crawford, mate. He was that quick. His punches were that sharp. He could have shaved himself in the middle last night. It was absolutely that good. One of the great performances that you'll see. And you'll, you'll have your detractors. You'll have people say, you know, about the the, you know, the weight cut and, you know, the car accident maybe finally catching up with him. But, he took the fight. He knew what he was getting himself into. That Spencer is, and you know, he agreed to the weight. He made the weight fair play to him. And look, you got your hand, your hand, you know, hang your hat to him actually because he could have easily, easily took a knee and just seen it out after that. And just you know, took the ten count, but he didn't. He tried to fight back. Even after the seventh round, when he got dropped twice, you know that that, that count that count right upper uh, uh, right hook, sorry, that he threw off the ropes. Crawford was absolutely sweet. In between, I think it was Spence throwing a, a straight left hand, pos possibly. He's caught him right up the right through the middle with that shot. Fucking beautiful. 
Um, and then obviously he's caught him again at the end of the round in that as well. Really, there was probably no need for an eighth round by that point, actually. And you can certainly say there was no need for a ninth round. You would hope Spence would probably call it a day after that last night, but I don't think he will. Um, again, obviously he's got the rematch to think about. He's got 30 days to make a decision on that. He's kind of held hostage to the fact that Crawford can call the shots on the weight, but we'll just need to wait and see. But I'd like to see him retire because that that that's the type of beating there last night that can Agreed. obviously just end whatever's left. Look and, at the picture uh, on the screen. He turned him into Maurice Hooker, Andy. Oh, I mean, look, look at that. <laughs> Pretty bad. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of other still pictures on that as well, where his face is getting torted. And you can see the face and the, during some of the slow motion replays. I, I don't know what Fiji's watched, but Showtime are do, doing that close-up replay that they do. Some of those shots were, you know, you can see it. They were snapping the head back and the blood coming out the nostrils or out the mouth. And, yeah, it was just one of those performances. It was great to see, great to be in this era to actually see a performance like that because we all felt 50-50. Loads were, we were jumping on the fence. We don't know yet. We think maybe Spence, you know, he's, 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 he's good fighting hard. He'll come down the stretch. Crawford's too good, too slick, just too strong. There were a lot of variables going into the fight and then he's just made it look like, he's just he's made a pound-for-pound ranked fighter by many people look like a complete novice. Look, a complete amateur. That's what he's made him look like there. And he, he isn't. You know, that's just simple fact as well. He's just, he's not an amateur. He's not a poor fighter. Um, Crawford just made him look that way. And some special fighters can do that. You know, and I love them bamming up Charlo, who I kept an eye on during that. I've watched the fight twice, three times, sorry. And I've, I've watched Charlo each time during that fight. And he just sits there, all stoic, barely moving, just watching what's, what's unfolding in front of him. And that is an absolute ass kicking. Which, by the way, Spence called as a prophet that he is. A couple of weeks back when he says, he says, uh, he got asked by Jim Gray, how do you see this fight turning out? So my one-sided ass kicking. Well, you got that right, son, because that's exactly what it was. An absolute one-sided ass kicking that nobody could could have foreseen coming. Nobody. I mean, I think everybody's in shock as to how that's went. Um, so we'll, we'll leave the conspiracy theories to other people at this point, like the LDBC who are going off on one today. Anthony Crawl and all that as well, aye. but uh, incredible performance. I mean, there's there's so much more I can add, but I know Matty was alive, so I'll yeah. let him let him add his, add his thoughts in here. Absolutely, absolutely. Just before he does so, Slappy Gilmore's throwing in a tenner. He says, Terence the Invincible, absolutely. Right, Matty, I know you're desperate to get stuck in, so I'm going to have my pit say first of all, and then let you loose on me. I thought it was going to be a tough fight. We all know I thought Errol Spence was going to win. I got it badly wrong. Full props to Crawford. This is the win his record needed. He's the king of a generation, no doubt, absolutely, two-time undisputed champion. Spence was reaching in. He couldn't handle the speed. He couldn't handle the accuracy. In my defence, I always said I only ever had one complaint about Terence Crawford. There was no doubt in his ability, his tenacity, skill set, his power. I always said there was a lack of names on his record, which stemmed from his hard-headedness, not joining the PBC. That's what I would have liked to have seen. He stayed at top rank for too long. I wanted to see him test those skills, those pound-for-pound skills against the very best names, not faded versions. Well, he went over to the PBC last night and took out the biggest name of them all, and there's nothing more for me to say. Steve, it was um, it was incredible to be there last night. Um, having gone to the Avenation fight and experienced that Omaha fight atmosphere, um, I experienced it again in Las Vegas last night. Uh, they came out like mad for Terrence Crawford. Um, I, some people thought it was about a 50, 50 split in the crowd. I'd say it, mm, probably more 60, 40, maybe a little more heavy towards bud. Um, the, the number of people you ran into through any random casino who were there, 
um, from Omaha, just nuts. I mean, they love this guy and he loves them back. And that's um, why we were able to get such an incredible atmosphere um, last night. And it started at the weigh-in. Bud was having fun with them. Um, you, you could just, there was something about this week, Steve, that you, some people get put, get shut out of, of the top things for various reasons, this, that, and the other, and the top rank PBC stuff aside, it's, you know, the idea is, you know, you got a big money maker, you know, just going across the road and throwing him in with uh, Terrence Crawford, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a bad business plan, you know? So he worked his way up the ladder with titles. You know, I was I was going back through some numbers, Steve. The 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 fight with um, uh, Sean Porter only did like one hundred and thirty five thousand pay per view buys. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Postol about fifty thousand. So it's been this incredibly slow grind to get to this point in time. Why was that? Why do you think that was? Why, why so low? You know, I'd like to say it's a combination of things, Steve. Maybe he was a, a little bit stubborn when Mm -hmm. it came to when he should have jumped across the street and things like that. But it also falls on the promoters too. It, it was not impossible for Bob or Todd at top rank to call up over to Al Haven's office and say, Hey, we're looking at a couple of potential fights that might be good for the fans. What do you think about these? And vice versa. They, they, this is what they choose. You know, they, they, they try to monopolize and, and actually I had an interesting thought about that and I'd like to get into that later, but to the fight. So Crawford in the ring entrance with Eminem, just fantastic. Right. It was, and there was this incredible focus look on his face, the way in he was dancing, singing, having a good ass time he walked into this fight and there was this incredible sense of focus about him. And you can just tell that this guy has tunnel vision when it's fight time. So the first bell rings real smooth. First round Spence probably took it right, Steve, just not a whole Mm. lot of back to it. Yeah. And then it starts heating up a little bit in the second round. And I'm in a very, very heavy Spence uh, section of, of what is a pretty pro Crawford uh, crowd. And, uh, you know, Errol was doing pretty good in that round, uh, pushing him back at times. And then Bud landed that uh, that uh, left-right combo there and, and just sent him down. And when Errol was on his ass, there was a look on his face that I have never seen before. And the fight was over then. Even though he came back and he had a decent third round, I think maybe it was the fifth. He might have said he could have had an argument with, even though the judges, some of the judges, only gave him one round in the fight. But he just ran into this focused wrecking machine who has every shot in the book. His defense is tight. He'll throw with you. He will push you back. He will counter you. The full package, and. Round after round, as we're getting towards that seventh round, he just starts landing heavier and heavier. Everybody, you know, Dr. FMG really thought that the story of this fight, you know, might have been Spence's pressure and jab. Nah, the story of the fight was Bud's jab probably busting him up. 
Dr. FMG, he's so stupid, isn't he thinking that? I, I think he's a very, very wise man, but going against Bud is very cuck-like. <laughs> like, yeah, so I think FMG in this situation might stand for fuck my girlfriend. <laughs> Love you, Doc. Love you, Doc. Um, so the seventh round comes, and Crawford catches him with that uppercut up against the ropes, you know, and the Spence crowd, they're cheering because, you know, he, he Spence is having some decent, uh, doing some decent work to the body, kind of moving him around a bit. Then Bud just lands that uppercut. And it was basically, I, it was just, it was all downhill from there. I think Bud kind of stepped off the gas in the eighth, um, you know, maybe after that second knockdown, uh, you know, Spence wasn't too hurt, but I mean, Doc could have probably pulled the plug at that point in time. Um, and, uh, in my very pro Spence, uh, area over there, man, they were loud, Steve. And they are saying, you know, as he's working the body, pushing Bud back at times, they're yelling, saying, yeah, got to do that for six more rounds, six more rounds. Can you take it? You know, all sorts of shit like that. And then the, uh, so then, uh, Bud drops him for the second time at the end of the seventh round in uh, my very pro Spence section of the crowd. I yell out, man down. Man down. <laughs> <laughs> this, this big black gal behind me, she just starts busting out. Around like, you like that one? She's like, Oh yeah, baby, that was good. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was really, uh, good. And it, you gotta love the Spence people there behind him. I love but... it. Fucking, if you got pimps, pimp slaps later, they'd be fucking. Oh, brilliant. I pissed off a couple people for sure, but they, I mean, <laughs> they couldn't say shit, man. You know, like uh, they were yelling their shit too. Eighth round, I think Bud just kind of worked him over. Uh, took a little bit of a break to to get his gas uh, together, and then uh, ninth round, just put him on him. Good stoppage by Harvey Doc, um, who I was fortunate enough to meet after the fight as well. Good man, good man. I like Harvey. Um, and um, but it was incredible to see that happen. Bud's emotions when he was in that post-fight interview. I, I hope you guys understand where that was coming from. Th- that he had felt dismissed and and held back from opportunity for so long. And here he was, and he showed up almost like no one has ever showed up before on this kind of stage, mm-hmm. and completely dominated a pound-for-pound fighter. Absolutely dominated him. And, you know, I feel for Spence. Um, it, it, it could be a rough road back for him. I, I don't know what's next. I don't have much interest in a in a rematch. Um, it could be at a higher weight. Maybe maybe they'd even catch weighted at 150 or something. But I, I just don't see that. Charlo's got to go fight Canelo, apparently. Um, something that, fil- that wandered into my mind, uh, Steve, is I'd, I'd like to potentially see Crawford take on Tim Zhu. I think that's mm-hmm. a... I, and, and I, that's a, uh, Tim's a big boy, you know, I mean, he might not be, you know, nearly as experienced, but that's another tall test, um, going up another division and who knows, they might make Zeus some sort of full champion by then with Charlo out fucking off at 168, well, right? Yeah, they should be. And just leave the Spence fight behind. Um, and, and if Errol can, can get something together, maybe they can rematch again down the road. Um, uh, but I see very little purpose in it. It, it what it was just incredible. And, you know, I had, like I said, I had a chance to talk to some, some boxing folks, you know, some, uh, some, some writers, um, some judges, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, after the fight, um, in a really enjoyable setting. And I asked them, cause this is something that occurred to me during the fight. I brought it to the Nutter's attention too. And I said, do you believe that Terrence Crawford is the most complete fighter since Marvin Hagler? And it kind of took them back, but not a single one of them could disagree. And they even embellished on the point that I made there, seeing it 
in person. He is a tremendous fighter. There's some sort of intangible in him, something that drives him, that makes everything he does exponentially better. He isn't, he's not the fastest, he's not the biggest, but God damn it, he just wants it more than you do at the end of the day. And it's going to take a very, very special fighter to take out Bud Crawford. And if he was to retire today, I would have no problems with it. He's 35 years old. He just got a great paycheck. Hey, right off into the sunset. He'd be a top 50 all-time great fighter at this point in time. No argument. No argument. He's one of the best. And I am so proud to have been there to see this moment um, and enjoy it with a good friend and Donnie. Um, It was was tremendous. And I really hope that people give Bud his props right now because I hate to break it to you guys, but Bud Crawford is better than Floyd Mayweather Mm. ever was. Oh, he had to spoil it at the end there, didn't they? You're getting as bad as Seb, Matty. I'm going to have to put a little soundtrack to the back now, but you did make a, a lot of good Bud, points there. He has fought his... human last night, actually, with that result. Bud, <laughs> Bud has fought his his entire, basically his entire career, other than, you know, sometimes at lightweight when I think he was struggling a bit to make the weight, but specifically 140 and 147. He fights the way Floyd fought at 130 and 135, and I thought Pretty Boy was the best version of Floyd. Um and, and I just think Bud has that, and he can take it up another weight class potentially too. This is one of the most incredible fucking fighters of the last 50 years. He's, he's unbelievable. Fuck off. Feed, feeding the ducks, Mike, he was asking for. Right? Matty makes a compelling case. We had a question from Tay Games coming earlier along those kinds of lines, so I will throw it out to the panel. First of all, let's throw this out to the panel. Ricky Graville has thrown in 499. MTK Enforcer Richard Graville has thrown in 499. Um, Rapping Rob Kelly's on the call with us. Let's go to him right now. We've talked about the fight, Rob. Feel Enemy free. of Coogan Cassius, Ricky Graville. <laughs> Bury the weak territory. Don't worry, Rob. We're going there later. Don't worry about that. Matty mentioned the rematch. There should be no rematch. Spence needs to retire. We don't need to see that again. That will be a disingenuous fooling of the public. Another chance to cash out. Spence shouldn't be in the ring again, in my opinion, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm feeling particularly vindicated now. I know I didn't get much chance to get into it last week because it was fucking steaming and I turned up late uh, to the pod, so I never got a chance to give me a full breakdown. But I think it was like something like Spence is a good fighter and Bud Crawford's a special fighter is going to beat him up and stop him. Two minutes, and... 36 seconds you spoke for about that, yeah. Rob. I couldn't believe it when I was editing it afterwards. Sorry. <laughs> but I the, the point stood, I always knew, and like people always talk about like, Res- resumes this day these days it's resume this resume that like we, we know what the crack was with Bud Crawford like right and I just want to say like the amount of shit that that guy's had to overcome to get to the top of the mountain is fucking unbelievable he's you know he's been in he's gone away to Scotland to win his world title first of all beat Ricky Barnes right nobody never really boy beat Ricky Barnes on this side of the pond beat Ricky Barnes then goes up unifies at 4D everyone's like can he go and everyone had high hopes for him when he was knocking out in Dongo and giving him massive credit then he moved up to 47 he signed with our he, he, re, he reta- uh, renewed his contract with top rank and in a people start viewing him as a race trader because he signed with fucking Bob Arum instead of Al Heyman and because of that, you had this stream of fucking people, Americans who should be by right supporting Bull Crawford out against him and, and you know, fucking, you know, pro Charlo, pro Spence. So he's had people fucking uh, nitpicking his career. Then obviously when he signs with, with um, Aram, PBC tried to freeze him out 
They tried to freeze him out and weighed, weighed on him and weighed him out and make him go all the, you know, kept the title in between Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Arrow Spence, up these guys for fucking Spence. Talk about resumes and fucking hand-fed guys or whatever, hand-picked guys. Spence was fucking, you know, they they kept, they got the, they did the old WBO treatment on those world titles at the PBC and they kept it in-house. They froze Buzz out, Bud out. They didn't have him on the graphics. The writers fucking constantly overlooked him as, as pound for pound number one in the sport for the likes of fucking Lomachenko and Canelo and all these guys, and he's never fucking thought of. But the eye test, for me, the eye test, I fucking knew as soon as he got out of Spence, he was going to dog him. And there was year, over the years, you know, when maybe when it was, we were thinking it's getting past the sell-by date, or maybe I might have th- had thoughts that Spence was too big, but over, in the recent history, um, when was the last time you seen Bull Crawford lose a round? He might have lost round one last night while he was adjusting, and maybe maybe Porter took a round off him. I think they're in hindsight as well, Rob, rather than Spence pushing him back. I think that we can say that he was doing what he wanted. He stepped back in those yeah, games that he lost. Yeah, he's probably taking a look at him. Uh-huh. He's probably, he's probably taking a look at him. But when, like, the talk, there's so much fucking cliche and boxer size Ben talk now in the wake of all this and everybody's a fucking boxing, uh, a boxing tape expert and a footage expert. And you're going to see these YouTube breakdowns and all, but mm-hmm. just quickly, the, the, the IQ of the guy to be going back to the ropes and throw that shot so precisely, so short, turn his hands over at just the right time and catch Spence. Spence didn't know what hit him in the in the second round. He's looking back it, up at the can. He couldn't believe where the punch came from. And he's hitting with. Yeah, you're right. D- double hooks. He's hitting him with double hooks. And Similar the jab alone. The the, the, the Easler won that fight on the jab. The way he was landing it as well. I mean, it was it was it wasn't just a jab. It was it was sharp. It was and it was thudding. Literally causing broke Spence him up. severe problems. He's even, even, even staggered um, Spence, I'm sure, with a, with a jab at one point. Possibly the seventh, he, I think. The second was. round, he dropped him with the jab. That was, I mean, it was the left is what did the damage, really, but the, no, it was the, the right jab hand followed him back down. Right-handed, Yeah, but some of those shots were, like, short, crisp. You know, they weren't even traveling anymore, but, like, eight, eight to ten inches, some of those punches. There's the other thing about how special that performance is. He's a naturally orthodox fighter, right? He just took on the fucking base. Uh, Southpaw welterweight since Manny Pacquiao and dominated him at Southpaw, but he's not right. He's as good and he's the best switch hitter since Hagler. He's probably better switch hitter than Hagler. Like I, I can't speak highly enough about about Bo Crawford and the things he's capable of and um the adjustments that he makes on the fly in the fight. It's going to take a very very special fighter to beat him. I don't think Boots Ennis is good. Keith Thurman's opening his mouth. He should shut the fuck up and go back up to Kathmandu, not to disrespect the fighter or whatever. But he has fucking no chance of beating Bud Crawford. He beat the Libya. That'd be worse. That'd be a worse walk down. Um, I but, I ran into one time when I was out walking. Donnie and I got a picture with him. Yeah, I saw I saw it on both your feed, feeds. It was like two time Thurman. Um, <laughs> but, my old nickname. Um, but, but, <laughs> I was, um, mm-hmm. but I did have a kind of premonition about. I was, I met up with uh, Don McNamara, a friend of the pod, this week. He was popping through Wexford. Great guy, by the way. Has the fucking voice of an eighty-five-year-old Kevin McAleary. He's actually a cherub-faced, baby-faced young lad. Really fucking surprised me when I met him. He looked totally different than he sounded, but really nice kid. And we were having a chat, and I was just saying to him like uh, about the facial damage dispensed. I saw him talk on Twitter before to somebody back to one of his supporters about. Like, I can't keep doing these camps. Like, you don't know what the, what the fucking toll this is taking. And then there was that thing with Ugas where he turned away in the fight and he says he felt like the dental implants were after falling out. I was like, this guy's not going to take punches off Bo Crawford all night to the face. You're fucking joking me. He's going to beat him up and stop him. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Spence too, by the way. You know, remember six years ago, I was calling Spence to beat Brooke. Always liked him. 
But just the eye test on the two of them, I, I think Crawford just has more and more than anyone at 54 as well. Fuck it. If he's not going to retire now, let him go up to 54 and have Charlo. By the way, what fighter? Talk, and I hate this fucking recency thing when we go fly, Floyd, but we can go eye test as well. Is there any, at 47, is there any opponent that, that Floyd beat at 47 that Bull Crawford wouldn't have beat and probably stopped? You have to have a think about it. Like, you know, he would have beat Pacquiao. Canelo he and, and Cotto beat Pacquiao. Yeah, so I I think like I, I let let's let him let's let's let let Bo Crawford stand alone and stop you know stop let him have his moment and stop comparing him to fucking people are gone by enjoy him while he's here. It's taken him this long to get here. Thirty five. A lot of people you know he's probably passed his prime as it is and still went and done that. And when was the last time two elite guys like elite elite guys met like that and the other one fucking dominated one like that where he didn't Spence literally didn't have a moment in that fight. I think he came back in the third round. He might have caught him with a. A wide winging kind of um, left hand, but other than that, he, he didn't win a second of the fight. He got the living shit beaten out of him, and the fight probably would have been after pull out two rounds earlier. Uh, Fever, Bug Crawford, fucking, you know, he had his him and his mom and all that were dancing, and just some certain shit in the, in the in the build up was amazing. Like um, Derek James saying, "Don't bring your dancing shoes tonight, Mama." Like. I don't know why people try to trash talk Crawford, the guy in the fucking crowd who was saying he was going to get broken and all. Like, it's like you're adding fuel to the fire. Um, and he's entertaining, bud. Like, he's fucking got the second second uh, longest fucking knockout streak in boxing behind Batarbiev. Like, and he's not even known as a one-punch knockout artist. That'll tell you how fucking good he is because people jack it or he breaks him down. Like, brilliant fighter. Delighted that he got his moment. Delighted that the fight happened. Delighted that it delivered, and I really thought that was a nice moment at the two of them at the weigh-in as well, where they just when Spence said to him, "Thank you for making this fight," and they shook hands. That's what it's all about. Like um, they were classy, man. I I dug that. I thought you know they had their moments, and I like you Spence know, too. Heated, he's not but, making excuses. God. Spence making no excuses. He's giving them all the credit. You know, people are suggesting now. You know, these fucking bangers that don't know shit about boxing, but have Twitter accounts that are out now saying, "Oh." Bud had loaded gloves, or he wrapped his own hands, his hands, watched the wraps, <laughs> or Spence was weight drained, or Bud's on the juice. Fuck all that shit. Spence said, I'm a grown man. I made the weight. All credit to the champion. So I think we should say that too. But you can't get hit by someone who is that the, accurate. And, and Bud. You can't get hit exactly. by someone who's that accurate. But in that level of a fight, like for an undisputed fight, Undisputed guy, you're fight, he's fighting a guy with holes, fucking three belts, and he's landing like sixty percent of his power shots. He's hitting him whenever he fucking wanted. Those stats were nuts, nuts. Oh, I, I couldn't tell it. from up there that just how many he was landed, but he was just constantly moving him. And the the best thing about about him, Rob, that I love is that Bud just uses punches to get you into a position for another punch. He always has something in mind. Like, you're talking chess players, you know, how many moves ahead are you? Two, three moves ahead of the opponent. Bud's four or five moves ahead of the opponent. He's, I'm going to throw this and get you into this, then you're going to do this, and I'm going to pop you again, move you back straight up, and then down to the bottom. I mean, and it's all just lightning quick embedded in him. I mean, this guy eats, sleeps, drinks boxing. He is the ultimate fucking fighter of his lifetime. There was a star... There was a start. I, I don't know what round it was. You, you know, with the stock on them, but it's an interesting one as well. At the same time, if it's true, Bud at one point in the fight had landed 58% of his power shots. At the same time, Spence had only landed 58 punches in total. It was like four rounds or something. Man. Yeah, it was. It's, uh, that, that's a frightening start if that's true. Yeah, it was different. And like Dom, he's different because I call him Dom McNamara. It was actually Dom Henry. So he's different. <laughs> he's different, he's different, he's different, he's different Dom. Big bad Dom. 
the dominator. Anyway. I haven't heard yeah, the dominate dominated exactly, dominatrix. I haven't, haven't heard from Tom McNamara in a while. Hopefully he's okay if he's listening. It's funny, like because we we I met him in a pub in Wakesford, like in the in the middle of the fucking daytime, like right, and I was trying to I was trying to fucking run around and might get the little one mind and I'll get down to his piss and rain. I told him to meet me in a fucking place, cost it was closed, and then he had to go meet me in a bar and also rain in anyway and he's chatting away. And like there's only two people two other people in the bar, and I goes to him uh, Geez, you look a lot different than you sound. And then I thought, that sounds sketchy. Like, it sounds like we're on a fucking Tinder date. And I was like, we're not on a Tinder date, by the way. I just want to talk boxing. That's, fucking, <laughs> that's not what this is. Everybody's settled down. Oh, dear, yes. It's, ta- it's taken a long time for him to get here. Enjoy him while he's here. Uh, Rob Kelly talking about Crawford. But we could be talking about Rob Kelly. He's here at half past eight on a Sunday evening. We're glad to have him as well. That's how you know the fight is good if I'm here this early. Like... <laughs> He's doing his best. Um, we had a super chat from Ted come in. Before we get to that, I want to just go through the training situation. MB says, Spence kept on reaching in and getting countered. His feet were all over. Timing was off. Poor, poor preparation. A few people have been going in on Derek James. Uh, Dez, first of all, not really going in, in, in on him so much, but he said this earlier on. He said, I was very disappointed in Derek James. I... Didn't like his out-of-character insults with Bomac and getting caught up with Crawford fans fight week. On the night, I thought from the second round, he failed to make any adjustments. When it was clear to all in the chat and the commentary team on PBC, that Errol isn't strong enough on the inside and the bud jab was taking his legs, legs away. Something I noticed in the end of round eight, when Errol was in deep water, a ring official was on the apron and started talking to someone outside. And James got completely distracted, stopped delivering instructions to his fighter and took a moment off. It was caught on the PBC broadcast. I'm genuinely not kicking a man when he's down, but I wasn't impressed with AJ against Franklin. Thought Martin was flat a few weeks back, and last night was the most one-dimensional performance without changes or adjustments in a fight that had established a pattern very early. You could argue this was the first real fight Errol has found himself in. Was James good enough on the night? By the way, none of this changes the result, but at this level, details are crucial, and you expect everyone to be firing on all cylinders. Excellent comment from Dares, who boxed himself back in the day. He knows his shit, Andy. Also, Antonio Tarva, very quickly, let me just play this. All also had his say, 40-second clip that's been doing the rounds. Let me play it for everybody at home. Shout out to, I think it was seconds out or something. We'll probably get a copyright strike for this, actually. Yeah, I'll play it anyway, and we'll see what happens. They are, they, they, they crowning these guys trainers of the year and all this stuff. But we don't, what are we, come on, bro. He, this man wasn't prepared for no Terrence Bud Crawford tonight. And the trainer got to take some, fl- some flack for that. It's his responsibility, too, to have his fighter ready. Man, he had no nothing about no defense, no head movement, no feints. Didn't have his hands up, feet all everywhere. Bruh, where's the lessons? You know? And so I've been out here campaigning as a trainer, and I predicted the whole fight. Go look at Tarvis Tate, bro. I know boxing, and they won't let me help these guys. Anthony Josh was in safe hands, but it sounds it. What's the next you one? Know, Frank, Frank Martin was mentioned just, just before I forget. Sorry, Matty. He said a similar thing, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago? Do you remember Harriet Union in the post fight? Yeah. Just felt off. I just felt like my timing wasn't there. Could be a coincidence, but it's the same, Jim. Steve, I, I said exactly, I asked you guys exactly last week. Do you think that Derek James has too much going on to properly give attention to this fight? I asked it, I asked specifically. That could be. That could be. It's, James would shoot. Surely they've been knowing it's coming for years, though. Would it's not? Or just maybe just, maybe just took, 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 the, took the eye off the ball a wee bit. Yes, maybe maybe drunk on a success a wee bit, maybe. Well, Spence is his flagship fighter and involved in the fucking biggest fight in the sport. Like you think they'd be prepared? I, I think 
a lot of the time the, the guy who just wins trainer of the year falls apart quickly in their next few fights it happened to fucking Robert Garcia Joel Gallagher you name it like um, I don't put too much stock into that trainer of the year thing I think fellas can go on a hot streak and it gets and and sometimes they have guys that are fucking you know as as uh, what you call us John Fury who everyone knows I'm a huge fan of uh, so it's easy to train a racehorse isn't it sometimes like so so he had a few racehorses in that stable like it's not that difficult but that's not diminishing the man in any way I just think what the fuck was he going to tell Spence to do last night that 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 would have adjusted to he was trying to tell him the right things he kept saying what are you what are you seemed exasperated like what are you doing you're going back in straight lines you're dipping why are you not stepping around him like he couldn't understand what was going on it was like spence sorry well crawford creates some of that himself and and i mean rob what what i think about and i think you and i are very much on the same mind uh frame of mind when it comes to crawford is all right so you're training your fighter to fight bud crawford which bud crawford southpaw crawford orthodox crawford Coming forward, Crawford, counterpunching Crawford. His headshots, his body shots. He's literally, since he put him down with a jab, now has dropped fighters with every punch in the book. What are you preparing for? How do you prepare to face greatness? Well, Andy, what do you think? You're asking me how to handle greatness. <laughs> I get what Matt is yeah, saying. It's like, it's like putting Bud onto a completely like esoteric level, but surely there must have, you know, he must have sparred forward people, sparred southpaws. He must have had some semblance of an idea. He was doing amateurish things, and they look like Lamont Peterson 2.0. But Bud picks when he does it all. He doesn't. He doesn't let you dictate it. He picks when he fights in what style he wants to fight when he wants to do it. He dictates the fucking terms. True. I think that. I think that it was obvious he was going to come out south, southpaw. Though they should have yeah. been, like at least been prepared for that. That was one of the most fucking obvious things. Yeah. Then, there's an element of Spence's stupidity or lack of preparation or whatever it was as well in there, Andy. That's where we're trying to find where one starts and the other one begins. Well, I, I take the point as well. I mean, what is he now at this point, Spence? I mean, he's, he's, he's other fighters that he's ever going to be, isn't he? James, mm. his own stable. Maybe it was it was more about the camp, about trying to make weight as well. Um, he's not he's not using that as a main excuse. Um, but I was just I was just wondering if, if you could pull up Desi's general points again. I could maybe go through some of it or whatever and that because I agreed with quite a lot of what he was saying there. Um, he yeah, does have ahead. sharp boxing mind. He really does. Oh, Des knows his shit, man. This is we get this on a daily basis in the boxing nutters chat. I'll be embarrassing him now, but he it's he's, he's due due the price. Yeah, so I just want to read the bit there about be stating about the the part of round eight and the ring official and that that took my mind back to the point that the, that the doctor got in the ring very early in that fight. It was about the fifth round, I think it was. I was just wondering what... Yeah, what, it was strange. Yeah. It was like, I, I yeah. thought, whoa, what's going on here? This is a bit early. But I mean, and I, James I, showed no inclinations to stop the fight. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't think even the ref, because it looked like the, the doctor was standing... He wasn't even in the corner as such. He was standing like, in a, a bit over, over side well, of the ring. they called him in to get a bit of a respite, Andy, to extend the end of the round, you know, before mm. the next round started, maybe? Possibly, but you just, you just wonder what, what's, what's maybe been said pre-fight or what's he seen during the fight that's maybe got him up there that early um, maybe it's because I mean even after that first knockdown when you see him get up if you you know, he's actually got your back he's back to you at the camera his legs are, are, are definitely wobbly mm-hmm. um, and as you mentioned as, as Dave mentioned there was it PBC that Arrow wasn't strong enough on the inside and the buddy jab was taking his legs away yeah absolutely but it was like every every solid punch that Crawford Landis seemed to shake Spence right down the ground. He was either off balance, he was getting his head snapped back, he just didn't know how. 
his, his initial response to, to getting hit, as, as I mentioned last week, was the pride and the ego was to go right back at it, but he wasn't doubling up the jab. And that's what Crawford was doing. Crawford was finding a place for the jab constantly, head and body. He was tightening up his shots. He was punching with Spence. That's how he got that. I mean, as, as Rob mentioned it as well, you know, to step off Spence like that, drag him to the ropes as such, and counter him, using his own momentum against him, and then countering him during at the same time as that guy's punching. It's 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 just it's just it's just impossible as to how great and as to the speed of timing that is. It's just incredible. Um, I, I I really don't know what what you could tell Spence about the fifth and sixth round because as I say, he's running about the seventh. Well, after the seventh especially, you really are questioning: Does he need to go out for the eighth? And did Derek James realise that? Did he realise Spence was getting the shit beaten out of him and he could not stand up straight? Did, do you think he knew? <laughs> did we see that? Yeah, everybody else was seen it. Everybody else was seen it. I'm, I, but I could not believe him when he got knocked down the first time. But I was a wee bit more stunned when I actually seen the statement when he got up. And as I mentioned as well, I mean his face. The contortion in his face after even the fourth round, you know, the eyes looked like they were trying to shut up, but his nose was bleeding, puffiness to brew about the about the lips, the lips was beginning to go that red way as they do once they get once they get started getting punched. He, he had no answers, and I don't I don't really know what else you can do bar saying look, run it again at a higher weight, and if he loses again, then you just know that Crawford is the if is the far superior man, you know, come hell or high water and and health and and weights so that type of thing because. Some people will hang on to it that the fact is it was at one forty seven and they cram themselves down and all that type of stuff that but that's the, that detracts for Crawford's greatness and that as well as but I don't see how, how it can change at one fifty four. I don't see any fighter at fifty four who might even do better. I don't see Zoo doing any better. I don't see Charlo doing any better. Um I'll, I'll tell you I the, guys the, the I sheer have... strength of the guy. I mean I think even sorry, my I think even at one time when the when it did come to a clinch Crawford was never phased. He never looked out of breath. Never looked stressed. That was the thing, you know. Spence, Spence was, was stressed about everything he was doing. Fucking Crawford looked like he used to fight with a scratch on his face as well. By the way, ah, he was he was fighting my cigar mm. in his mouth. All he had to do was just pour me a brandy, and I'll get it. I'll get it between rounds, mate. That's all I got to do. Just hold my spit bucket for me. I'll be back in three minutes. That's it. Was just it was just something else. I I, I really don't know what you could have told Spence. Way to do differently, rather than double up the jab, which is the key fundamental, man. And that's what you know, we'll talk about Inouye in a little bit. But Crawford and Inouye were they could have won that fight easily on their jabs alone. And that's what Spence would need to have worked upon was the was the fact that his right hand, which was the jab, which his jab hand was too low. It was getting countered over the top, of it, and when he stepped in with the left hand, he was getting caught in the middle of that as well. His timing was off. His feet work was 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 awful. The amount of times he was getting spun at the side and he was jabbing, trying to catch Crawford as he moved. I've got I, I, I posted up a, a still of it actually on Twitter there actually. It was it was, it was amazing how the speed because that was one of the one times that, that Spence threw a double jab, never landed. I, I, uh, Crawford parried one and then the second one was hitting fucking Z uh, Rose Z because by that time Crawford had spun off to the side. It was uh, just everything about it, just speed. Timing, foot movement. You know, even 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 the times he was taking a couple of punches, and that he wasn't phased. Just was not phased. The the fact that he was out of the ring, mid knockdown, calling out Charlo, tells you a lot about his personality. He's such a mean and spiteful character. Like you might have shook hands at the way in and all that. Like and. You know, you're trying not to get into these fucking reading into the, the their behavior and all that. Because I'm looking at it on fucking YouTube. I'm not even. I'm in Vegas to fucking get a look on these guys. Like, but 
people were making a lot of, of Spence turning away first and then the clips came out and he always does that and he was like, I'm not trying to look into N-Word's eyes for an hour, which is fucking hilarious, I thought. like, But even the fact that um, they said that Spence stick to, stuck around with the reporters for like an hour after the weigh-in, Crawford didn't speak to one soul. Crawford's that you could see he was starting to get, even though he was trying to keep a lid on things between the families, like he still had that remark when he was like, you're showing out like a female. To me, that was like, he's ready to fucking, like he is ready to go. He's in a bad move from weight, making weight. And this fella's just said the wrong thing, thing to him at the wrong time. And he's just about to turn. Spence was on Twitter like the day before, like, you know, up until a couple of hours before, it wasn't a word out of Crawford. Like his sister was doing the talking. So I just think he's just a born fighter, isn't he? Like and a born bad bastard. Like, and I, I agree with Andy. I don't see anyone at 54 giving him a tough time. Who? He fucking killed Tim Zoo. You joking me, Tim Zoo? What? What would he do with Buck Crawford? He fucking be a punch bag for him, and that's not a fucking. That's I, I don't care if he's big or not. Like I just can't see. I can't see him. I, I would like. I would love him to see him go up to fifty four and beat Charlo. But if he retired now, I'd have no complaints because, like I said, he's had it all against him his whole career, and he's vindicated now. Like so, he and he will go down as a Hall of Famer for me. So, I um, I, I have an odd curiosity, Rob, to see Stan Jonas against him. I, I, I destroy Stanionis. He bust his I, face to pieces. Yeah, I, I, I'm just. I'd like to see that jab work. I ultimately think Bud would, would time his jab and he'd find something over yeah, the top. Destroy him. But, but, I, but I do think Stanionis is an interesting challenge. Boots, maybe, but not there's a there's a guy we're forgetting at one four seven who wants all the small. Mister Legality. Mister Legalities. I must have not cleared yet. Aye. Boots Ennis next. No, baby. Let's keep Crawford. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Don McNamara has turned up in the chat for you. It's uh, it's a week. It's a week for the dominators between Don McNamara, Dom Henry, and uh, domination by Bob Crawford. It's a true story that by big up Ricky Burns, one of the very very few to go the distance with Ricky yeah. with Bob Crawford. That is he the last guy? Is he the last guy to go the distance with him? Possibly. Uh, there was Pastol. Just me talking about like, some of Spence's harder fights now. See, when you, you, you go to factor in you know, that Porter fight, how, how hard a fight did Porter give Spence? I mean, that, that, was, that was tough inside fighting. Porter hung it up too both early. Guys. Porter hung eh? it up too early. I possibly, I agree with that. But he pushed him all the way, though, didn't he? Like, he pushed gave Mother trouble, right? And he, he, he did give uh, Crawford trouble as well. But when it came down to the fact is, when it says, right, it's time to get to work, time to do the business, and flip the script, like you just said, Rob, be that bad bastard. I need you to turn the goods right now. You can get there and do that. And probably Steve asked, asked one of the points that like, very early in the show when he says, you know, what took him so long? Uh, I don't know, really, to be fair. I mean, he could have stepped up whenever he wanted. Maybe he had the money on the on the ninth round. Who knows? I, I think but it was a respect for Spence, wasn't it? There he was did. Uh, he, he did. He Seven rounds afterwards, afterwards. He said after the fight that he didn't feel his power, but I felt at the start of the third round that Spence did catch him with a, a big shot, and you could see for the first time whatever vantage point the camera was at, you could see Bud's legs kind of stiffen a little bit and come together, which you never really see. Now he disguised it well. He had a high guard and he kind of moved off the ropes, but. I think he didn't want to get careless. Like I think he was hitting him that often that it was probably probably finding it too easy, you know, that way. Like and it was just like systematically break him down. But when you see him catch him in the ninth and then he sticks his tongue out at him in the middle, like as if to say, Whoa, I have you now, you fucker, you're not getting off the hook. But everything about it, even the M M&M and M walkout and all that, like 
fucking fantastic like the way that came together and like if you're fucking that could have gone so wrong he could have been memed to death today like because all black twitter was like oh no not mom spaghetti here we go <laughs> <laughs> i thought you done the right thing there actually rather, rather make him the focal point in the attention he just slipped he just says right all the best but on, on you go and he slips away off the, into the crowd not to your seat yeah, I, thought, I thought that was that was quite cool, eh? Because well, as I say, he because he would need to have went to the ring in, in its entirety and then you know keep it going at the thing. I thought I thought we'd done all right to be fair. I also like that he didn't do that fucking bullshit where people rap over their own fucking vocal track. Like, how the fuck can they not pull the vocals from in these tracks when the other, these guys are going to the ring? So Eminem didn't even fucking do it. He just let the fucking track play and wandered off. There you go. Who would you have play you at, Matty, if you were a high class performer? If I if if I was a boxer, who would I have uh, bring me out yeah. to the ring? Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. If I was gonna do some fucking rap, man, I might actually go like fucking Yellow Wolf. I don't know, John Cena or something. Like that. Roy Jones. Oh, dude, come on, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, that album that Eminem produced got fucking four and a half mics. Fuck off. Uh, but anyways, that's a different fucking podcast, right, Rob? Uh, yeah. but, but I actually, I think, I think it would actually be funny to come out to some fucking hillbilly shit, fucking, I don't know, some fucking like uh, Jason Boland and the Stragglers yeah. blowing through the hills, something like that. Some fucking, uh, some, someone, you know what, you know what, fucking Paulie Malinazzi dropped the ball, didn't he? Should have come out to like some fucking uh, Paul Anka over the years or something, some real Italian crooners. You put your head on my shoulder. Well, look at Katie Taylor's entrance. So that went down like a lead balloon, didn't it? The what it was that the last time? What did she come I don't know. It was like some like religious sort of slow yeah. thing. B-Hop was, was, was yeah, coming yeah. out to my way for the last few fights of his career, if I recollect. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That was great, actually. That was brilliant <laughs> when he did that. He actually had someone do like a, a fucking Jamaican-style dub where they read on the lyrics and... and fucking like the the my way song was all about hopkins <laughs> and i'd love to see if anyone has a copy of that actually that was <laughs> that was against pascal wasn't it he had the ski mask in that yeah these the alien become the alien in there towards the end and all that right um they've got a few super chatters first of all josh ford says burns postal and beltran are the only guys to go 12 with bud in title fights captain casual that's damo through in 999 shout out to him he said he might have been proper hardcore last night and won with the bookies in the early hours. But here's a small contribution towards Matt Butters getting his bloody email address fixed. Shout out to Matt Butters. He's hanging around in the chat as well. Uh, one for you, Matty, from Boy 94 This is a friend of us, Ted Barrett, throwing in 499 He says, with this all-time great coming out uh, party for Crawford this weekend, can we hear about Matty's night out with the Boxing News Boys? So, yeah, I can actually talk. I will actually talk about the boxing news, boys. The rest of the the trip, I will not discuss. Um, the boxing news, <laughs> the, the the box, the boxing news, boys were great, and uh, I, I'm obviously going to forget names. But Ben and Rob, I can remember off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. Elliot, maybe was the, the other guy. Um, I, I'm missing one for sure, though. I do apologize. And we got to sit down in the aria bullshit about uh just bullshit about boxing and uh, just a little you know just a little bit of uk us banner kind of stuff too and and uh wandered around and uh headed up to the uh to the uh, to the blackjack tables over at uh at the cosmopolitan and uh rob and i played a little over there i started uh, i put 100 on the table walked away with 750 um it was a uh, 750 750 yeah, hundred dollars on the table. Walked away with seven hundred fifty dollars. 
Yeah, I, and I also want to parlay this weekend too. I don't want to do. I don't want to spoil because those fights are going to come up next. But but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll finish that off. One of the bets in the parlay was e- either fighter be knocked down in Crawford Spence plus one forty. So that's uh, basically uh, three to two, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, but those. And then we wandered on over to the Bellagio and hung out by the fountain for a few. Great bunch of guys. Uh, they, they're doing everything they can to put in the work to cover these fights. Uh, you know, coming to the U.S., they were in Mexico for Canelo. Um, and uh, be sure to support them because they're doing some great on the work uh, ground and uh, doing boxing journalism, old school style, um, with the the modern flair. Uh, just a fantastic group of guys had a great time with them. Uh, it's a shame that Donnie didn't get to hang out with us uh, for that, but it was a, it was a hell of a good time. And and I hope to see you guys again, for sure. There we are, emotional stuff for Matty there. Shout out to Ronnie Hussein. He says, got my order in for the new merch. Not really sure what merch he's talking about, but hopefully he'll show us, uh, send us a photo whenever he gets that done. Uh, we have a shout out to the chat very shortly before we do so. We had a few questions. A couple of them are segueing into the Japanese stuff, so we'll save those from Danny Young and Marcus Bellinger. Take Ames through this in. We talked about it earlier. He said, would anybody pick Terence Crawford to beat Mayweather and or Pacquiao? Obviously not the current versions, of course, Matty. Pacquiao didn't win that fight, didn't he? I, I would pick Crawford to beat them both. Pacquiao so, never wanted that fight. No, that was 2017. I know Roach didn't fancy it either. What about Prime Pacquiao, Prime Mayweather against the version of Crawford we saw last night? All right, so so let, let's think. So let's go to even 140, maybe, because I think if if Manny would have had one more fight at 140, it would have been interesting. Because I think he could have. I think that was his top weight for really having true power, um, rather than just a speed aspect. So I think at 140, still an interesting fight, but I would still favor Crawford. Um, he just, he, he has a lot of the tools that Mayweather had that troubled Pacquiao, but he also has incredible pop and he does it as the larger man in this, in this situation. Um, I, 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 I have no problems picking Crawford against Pacquiao against Mayweather. I've just, I am convinced that Bud would be able to get Floyd, uh, in, you know, trying to shoulder roll on the ropes and he would work him into something. Um, we know he could be hurt. My Donna, you know, uh, cracked him really good um, around, you know, kind of the time when we'd be discussing uh, them fighting possibly. So, yeah, I I have no problem taking Bud over both of them. I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, I really think that Bud is going to end up be look, being looked at as the best fighter of the last 25 years. I, I God honestly believe that. Andy, as you mentioned, obviously Pacquiao fight was talked about, but that was a kind of diminished version of Pacquiao. Um, Matty's <coughs> mentioning two thousand uh, uh, one forty. Pacquiao was talk, sort of looking around Delahoya, Hatton, Cotto sort of region, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. As for Floyd, I know this probably wasn't his peak, but for one forty performances, I equated his performance against Arturo yeah, Gatti, actually against uh, to Inoue against Fulton. I thought I know it was Gatti and he was there to be hit, but. That night in 2005, Floyd was absolutely magnificent. He barely missed a shot all night. Yeah, it was target practice against Gatti. And I'm just thinking about, it was Chop Chop Charlie was at 140 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you look at that. I mean, if you look at his one of our opponents, I mean, you look at like Judah, this is up at 147 now, of course. You've got Baldemir, De La Hoya, Hatton, Marquez. I think there's a question. How would like a Crawford Marquez fight with the went? You know, so... It's an interesting one as well. I don't know if you know. At the Marquez... time, he was dragging Marquez up, wasn't he? Marquez, like he didn't, he yeah. hadn't gone through his full big back 
feel out to 147. Uh, Marquez got a notoriously, uh, he a notoriously slow starter and get picked off early. Yeah. I don't Be know. I mean, it's, 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 I suppose it's, it's one of these topics of conversation is going to crop up now, isn't it? Because obviously Crawford's now the face of the sport, or so to speak, uh, amongst the hardcore at least. That, but uh, you know, you're going to make these type of comparisons. You know, he deserves he deserves his name, you know, to be discussed. You know, especially in the top echelons of the sport. How would they do against likes of Mayweather? It's, it's a Floyd always fight. found a way, didn't he? He always did, but Southpaws always gave him problems. Um, and you've know, you got, like, so, you know, Floyd could be cute on the inside, he could, he, he, he could grapple, he could be dirty, he could forearm you. I want to see how that would compare with, like, so Crawford and that as well, with, with his nose on the inside and how, how dirty he can be. Um, I think it's, it's it's one of these type of chess matches. It, it, it takes it to the streets a little bit and that as well, as, you know, dog pound territory. Um I'm, I think I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say one way or the other that, you know, with, with absolute certainty that Crawford would beat Floyd because he says there's two great fighters. And Floyd at, at one point was, in terms of speed, defence, it was, it was setting to run at that time. Um, so I'm not going to say that Floyd is going to get absolutely annihilated. It's, it's one of these fights. It's, got, there's, it's a fight within a fight because you've got wee fights in between it. You've got the, the then fight and you've got the speed to deal with, you've got the power of Crawford and you've got the timing of Crawford, timing of Floyd. You know, so it's, it's it's one of the chess matches that I I, I think you, you could you could pick it either way. I think Manny, I think he, he, he would he would definitely. I mean, you're talking the speed of Manny at his prime is that Cotto? So fast, wasn't he? Like David Diaz says, rapid. fast, fast, so fucking fast. I thought Freddie was hitting me in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the infamous interview. I remember that. Actually, he <laughs> David Diaz too bad. I remember, remember he got dropped right in his face today. That's right. That, that was a that was an awful, that was awful a, beating. So that was a, that was a one thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, his face was a mess. I'll have to cut that bugger. one for the future. That was that a was good was one. A bugger, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, if, if if Crawford can time the speed. He managed attacks like he. I mean, for example, when you saw him back off Spencer last night and just timed that right up, that right hook for that, I think it was the second knockdown. Um, I think if you could catch Manny coming in like 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 Marquez caught him, I, th- I think Crawford gets to him somehow late. Um, again, no diminishing Manny anyway, but I, th- I think just with Floyd's technical abilities, that's it's a much harder fight. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Anyway. But it's, 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 it's going to come up as general comparisons and that. But um, I like there's other there's, there's there's fighters on each of those resumes. That I, I would love to get a talk about Crawford fight like some Marquez that I mentioned there, um, Alvarez, Cotto, you know guys like that are looking up. So uh, about like a Prime Mosley, for example, you know great fighters. Prime, prime Mosley was That's... lightweight. Well, 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 I thought at lightweight he was fantastic, wasn't he, Mosley? He was, yeah. might, but I mean, he could punch. He had a good, he had a good beard. Mm-hmm. That would, that would have been actually, a, that would have been a good fight. That honestly would have been a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, do you have anything to throw in on uh, uh, Ames's question there before we move on? I think it's a fucking. It can, I'm guilty of this shit too. Like, because last night, as soon as he won, I was like, he would give Floyd run for his money, wouldn't he? Like, I can't. Like, I'm looking at these two, and I like there's not much between them. Like, and I know resume again. We're going to resumes, but I just go off what I can see, and I'm going and I'm thinking to myself, like anyone on that Showtime run, Bull Crawford would have beat him and probably stopped him. Maybe, maybe not stopped Maidana, but um, I think he would have stopped Robert Guerrero. I think he would have stopped that version of Cotto, Def, um, Andre Berto. I think he would have stopped him. So I think like he might have looked better against some common opponents, but would that mean that he would be Floyd? I don't know. 
but I don't know if Floyd ever fought a switch hitter um, who was just as good on either side. Quite and a guy would have, would have been. <laughs> a guy would have been. <laughs> A guy with a beard like uh, like Crawford, and you know, again, it's you get recency bias in this because Tuesday afternoon in UA was the number one pound for pound guy in the sport, and then Saturday Bud Bud Crawford's the number one pound for pound guy. Now for me, it is Bud. Like, but you know, boxing is so subjective, so fickle, and so much recency bias. For me, the fucking Floyd like one gets overplayed a bit because I don't think Floyd would have beaten Ray Leonard or Thomas Hearns because they would in my lifetime, like you know that way. So I don't know, like. um I think it'd be a very, very tight fight, and I wouldn't bet against Bud. Like I wouldn't bet against him winning, but at the same time, I could see a way that Floyd beats him. So, would have been a fantastic fight. But again, it's like fucking waste of energy, isn't it? Because it's never, it's fucking never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Not worth thinking about. We're good at wasting our energy, Rob Crawford. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Dear. yeah, I don't got much left. You know that way. I don't want to be wasting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. <laughs> let, let, let let us enjoy Crawford when he's here and and have his moment. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's difficult because you think about oh, when Crawford fought the um, Floyd fought a fighter like Crawford, but then of course you got to take Crawford at his peak, and what we saw last night, it's difficult to trying to trying to add those things up. Anyway, that's the discussion for that. We did a good solid hour. Donnie, um, Donnie made a good point actually ooh. when we were walking back. He said like, he thought he was going to be on here today. We got, I don't know what the hell he's up to, but he said that 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 oh, beating he said that beating for him was similar to uh, Floyd against Corrales, and I'm like that's actually a pretty fucking reasonable comparison. Mm, that's not a bad one actually although Corrales wasn't going down as heavy I don't think Andy and he didn't he didn't really have the shit beaten out of him quite as badly as Errol last night I don't think on the whole I know he went down five times but yeah I think it was uh, he was up it was just a kind of more like a sharp shoot yeah. before his punches actually so accurate wasn't he bounced yeah. up from a few of them and at the end he still wanted to carry on but he wasn't as badly beaten but yeah that's a fair enough comparison yeah, again I'm, I'm repeating myself but if you if you listen if you go back and watch that fight I'll just listen even the response it gets but sometimes when he landed that jab again there last night Crawford the, when you've seen the, phys- the, the actual visible reaction spends to that jab the crowd were like ooh you literally mm. fucking hear it just ooh in the arena I see the power on that shot alone—it was just phenomenal, absolute phenomenal. Right, boys. Matt Butter says my mom is listening to the pod and wants to know when you'll be talking about the undercard. So we better get on. Mrs. Eh? Butter's there. We'll call her Marge. Sorry, shall we? Can just, sorry, can I just say one thing before we go? Yes. Before we go past that, maximum credit to Earl Spence for even being able to fight at this level after that fucking car crash because we all thought like how the fuck he even walked again after that like it didn't end up fucking paralyzed or completely retired after the car crash um is a miracle and to come back and fight at a high level and get his a couple more world titles before losing to Crawford I don't think there's any shame in that like that's a fucking I, th- I think we can all agree he was a different fighter before the crash like but um I think that yeah, that we have to kind of give him a bit of credit for that like for even coming back to the ring after that crash like mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well said, Rob. Well said, indeed. Andy, we'll go to you first of all, then. I saw Isak Cruz's win over Giovanni Cabrera. I thought Cabrera were causing problems beforehand, but maybe wouldn't be hard enough a puncher to uh, get him out of there, which proved to be the case. Didn't see the Donair-Santiago fight. I know a lot of the boys were going for Santiago. I went for Donair, another L for me. I did see Ioannis Tellers knocking out Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia was complaining while getting the shit completely beaten out of him. I'm really... We'll start with that one, and I suppose... What on earth was going on there? I do not know. Well, it was was firstly, that was a great right hand by Tellers. And literally, it dropped Garcia like an accordion, but he's like bounced back up my jack-in-the-box literally. And he's like, oh, thank you. Boom. That's him again. Fucking flatlines him. And he gets up, he's complaining about it. He's like, what happened to me there? What's going on here? 
And then I think uh, the follow-up, mate, it's just, it's, I think it's a right hand and it's followed up by our left hook or something. Absolutely just smashed the guy to bits, mate. So uh, I think Ozzy was asking questions about him uh, during the week because he had, I don't think he knew much about him. Um, it was supposed to be Andy Jesus Ramos, I believe, who beat Joey Spencer. It was supposed to be going against Garcia, but he withdrew with a hand injury and Tellez took the fight at three weeks' notice, maybe. Well, I see he's got another fight arranged for is it a couple of weeks' time. Maybe yeah, we were saying that on the Nutters call last night. He's fighting on the 26th of August, yeah. Seems to be headlining that show as well, so it might be one of those... Uh, we call them next gen cards, so want to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I want to keep an eye on because uh, I like them. Yeah, you certainly, um, you know, he looks skilled enough, moved pretty well, and in the end, then that's what you want. And so that's what that's what gets people talking. That's what kind of puts asses in the seats and uh, gets some gets some bigger opportunities. Now I'm just looking at his stats here at the minute. Some of these power shots, not like forty one percent. His punches, twenty two percent. His jabs, yeah. I mean, look. Everything to like about the guy in that as well. So uh, I like to see him again. I like to see him again. But uh, that was that was that was some right hand though. Just the way you see Garcia popping back up like that. He's raging at the ref. I'm like, <laughs> what on earth are you complaining about? He literally popped back up with your hands down, free shot, bang, and then literally as I say, it's like he it's like he like he travelled in midair as he kind of fell backwards. It was it was phenomenal. What a shot it well, is. And you got to give some serious credit to Les there because Sergio Mar- uh, Garcia has gone the distance with uh, Fedora, Tony, Tony Harrison yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And and I mean, and uh, people actually had him favored in that fight. That was after the uh, he uh, had that showing against Fedora where he did well. And uh, Harrison was coming off that lackluster draw against uh, Bryant uh, Perella. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Tellez just an absolute, uh, you know, I thought the first couple, uh, couple rounds that, uh, Garcia was actually doing pretty good, pushing him back, making it uncomfortable. And then just out of nowhere, just pop and, um, yeah, went all downhill from, him uh, at that point in time. Um, really excited to see this kid come up. He was, um, a slight underdog. He was paying dead even money. So I was, it was very close to the books, basically even. Um, so I mean, yeah, for a, uh, what was a six fight novice, hell of a good win right there. And uh, he did help me to uh, complete my parlay, Steve. Fine. It was a good weekend. So, yeah, we had uh, either fighter to be knocked down. Uh, we had uh, Mr. Telez to win and also Mr. Santiago to win, which broke so my heart to do because I love Donaire. That Telez one's going to be classic. It's going to be at least mentioned in upset of the year, really. No? I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was there. They, the, the PBC are usually quite calculated. They bought him in thinking, although they did, they made a mistake with Elvis Gomez, I suppose, the other week. But I suppose, on paper, Andy, it's definitely an upset. But these Cubans get moved very fast, don't they? He's only had five fights. Gomez only had six or seven. Morel's only had nine. The fact they get moved so fast maybe indicates that they thought that this was coming. Well, the thing is as well, I, I only learned this last night, but you see he started his pro career in Russia. Yeah, that's right. he, he went to Russia as soon as he left Cuba. Sorry, yeah, defected. Die, I don't know if it's defection or no, but then obviously he's, he's managed to leave there just before COVID's hit, oh. and then he's not, he hasn't fought for two years, so must have been cold for him, wouldn't it? Like from Havana to frigging in the middle of St. Petersburg or wherever he was. Okay, <laughs> aye, brutal, mate. Big, massive culture shock. Good at the right time as well, man. He could have got, he could have got conscripted, he could have been in Ukrainian <laughs> bog somewhere, you know. Christ. Uh, but yeah, look, there's a lot to like about him actually as well. I yeah, mean, he's 25 yeah. now. I think, you, I think you're right. I think he will, he will get fast track. As long as he's, if he remains active, we'll just see what he's got uh, booked mm-hmm. anyway. What is had his record there? Give me a second. So he's fighting 26th of August against uh, Juan Gonzalez, 32 and 2, 32 knockouts from Venezuela, Panama. Yeah. 
Uh, should beat him. Went the distance with uh, Magomed Kurbanov in Russia. Ten rounds. Oh, must um, be steady enough then. Okay. Knocked to uh, Liquor Ramos. I think he fought uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. Seems to see if there are names in his record here, mate. But no. Mm. It, but most of his fights have been in Venezuela, I think, but it looks at it. So, the, the level of opponent we don't know. So, I think yeah. that could be an inflated record, to be fair. We'll keep an eye on that one. Ten yeah, rounds well, are anyway. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep Once an eye on that one if I can. Do you think Tellez was the story of the undercard from what you saw, really? Um, yeah, I probably would say so. I mean, I, mean, I only caught uh, the last five rounds of the cruise fight when I woke up and watched the fight live. So, um, yeah, it was, I suppose it was a bit, uh, you know, Cabrera, uh, for what I saw of it, at least he was having these moments when he was boxing pretty well, but then Cruz had to kind of press on strong a little bit, but then he kind of faded in the stretch the last couple of rounds. Um, some were saying he was lucky enough to win that, so I'll leave it to other people to say, mm. maybe Matty. All right, Matty was there. What do you think, Matty? Um, I thought Cruz was a worthy winner and he looks like he might be fighting Ryan Garcia. I liked his comment afterwards. He said, um, Cabrera was hugging me that much. I thought it was my birthday. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, I um, I thought it was a really close fight. Um, I, I uh, thought that uh, the judges uh, had, had it 114-113 either way were pretty much dead on. It was it was uh, pretty close. Um the, I think Cruz kind of took over, like, I give it around, like, kind of the fourth, and then he wavered ninth, tenth-ish. Um, Cabrera having uh, doing his best success with his right hand, working his jab, check-hooking, turning around the corner, um, making uh, Cruz uh, chase after him a little bit uh, without really running. It was actually pretty decent footwork early on. But then Cruz started timing that right hand, throwing, uh, throwing his left over it, landing some good shots cornering him working to the body um and then he just kind of uh you know didn't do much the last couple of rounds and it almost cost him with that point deduction uh in the middle there um but uh yeah it's it's good that he was able to win that fight a loss would have obviously taken the shine off of a a potential uh tank davis rematch um but uh, we'll see where he goes from here um i i don't know what you guys think but for some reason cabrera kind of reminds me of mauricio herrera i don't know You pulled at me. Chatting away. Sorry, Andy. Go on. <laughs> it's no bad level to be at. Nobody can be a world champion, but you know, I don't know if Herrera was a champion, but he was always there or, or challenging at least. He had some good wins. He had that. He had a W. Should have Danny Garcia. Actually, he got, he got a few shaftings as well, didn't he? Danny Garcia yeah. in Puerto Rico. Remember, clear as day, Robert. That. Yeah, his problem later on is he, I think he had problems with the bottle. Oh, did Remember, he really? that was, that was classic. Yeah. That, that Danny Garcia's homecoming, eh? Didn't he beat Provodnikov? He did. He did, you know. Aye, I think he did, aye. Mm. Uh, anything else from the undercard, Matty, before we move on? Um, I only got in for the uh, the Garcia fight so, and, and uh, Telez, so I, I, did, I just saw the main card. Anything prior to that, I missed. No problem. Rob, what about you? Uh, anything off the undercard that took your fancy? It wasn't the greatest, especially with the heavyweights falling off as well. I would have been interested to see that Hovhannisian V-Kirst. No, well, I have to give a shout out to my bro, Andy P, who woke me up for the fight. Didn't tap me on the shoulder, by the way. He just rang me. Um, <laughs> Twice on my eye. Yeah, yeah. And I just saw the watch. That group, Rob's not making it. <laughs> it's like, I'm up, dog. I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> so, well, no, I mean, obviously, I mean, I... the undercard. 
as subconsciously switched my alarm off three times and I actually got it marked up to, you know, to ring ten times regardless. Eh? So finally got up at quarter to four, mate. And I had I was raging because I was still kind of sitting there like half four and fight hard hadn't started yet. I was like, come on. Well that was what I was thinking. My alarm was actually set for the four thirty because I was thinking to myself, ring walks, who gives a fuck about them? Let them walk to the ring, do their Jimmy Lennon Jr. and I'll get up for ding ding round one. So uh but got there anyway. And if it makes you guys feel any better, I had to wake up at five this morning to catch my plane. And also I was supposed to fly out at seven thirty-five on Thursday night, and we ultimately got out at twelve oh five on Friday morning. Bloody hell. You went on EasyJet, were you? Uh Southwest Airlines. Uh, they're gonna get a very angry email from me. Get right in that email, I say. While we're going through the pod this evening, episode five three three, Matty's away, busy writing to the airline. Rob's here as well. So is Andy P. Let's give a quick shout out to the chat before we move on to the other big fight during the week. Uh, Susie's in the chat. Shout out to her. Shout out to Arlene Burley as well. A lot of female representation, you would imagine there. Jim McDonald's here. So is Michael Thompson, Yumi Yappi, MB, Mark Stanton, Paul Raftery. Just scrolling on up, seeing who else is here as well. Matt Butters is along. Jason Cheel, shout out to him. Uh, who else have we got here? Myth Randia. Hope I haven't mispronounced that. Uh, Mark Rockfist. You don't want to feel the power of that fist, I would imagine. Jason Chukru's stream is... Uh, Should have been Dr. Rockfist. Dr. Rockfist. <laughs> Matthew D'Souza's there as well. So is Dale Baker. Uh, Alan Stacey's with us. Shout out to him. Uh, Boxing Channel, Mike Hunt is here as well. There's a joke in there somewhere. Des, who's thrown in a question already. Shout out to James, who's with us too. No surname for him. Take Ames. Spence Pickers exposed. Come on, Ames. Join me. Join me. You're as bad as I am. Kevin Sutherland's there as well. Uh, Ian Chalice. Danny Young was floating about earlier. Shout out to him. He did the Boxing Nutters chat last night. Get a life. Joe Kennedy jumped on as well. So did Zekonomics. Uh, Johnny Horsecott Nelson's with us as well. Uh, if anybody else appears, I'll give you a shout out within the next 30 seconds or so. Um, let us move on. I'm completely unprepared for this next one, but I think it was, a, was it Tuesday, Matty? We had the NUA fight. I'm starting to lose track of yeah, all the time. Yeah, it was Tuesday morning for me. Would have been probably just a bit after lunch for you guys, I think. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Tuesday morning, yeah, it was around the sort of half 12 mark. Now you were NUA 24-0 with an eighth round knockout over Stephen Fulton, 21-1. and Now WBC, WBO bantamweight titles on the line. I mentioned it earlier. Andy, we'll go to you first on this one. I was just so impressed by Inouye. If, if Bud Crawford hadn't put in a performance like that last yeah. night and sort of overshadowed him, but what an absolute week for boxing. And two potentially 50-50 fights. I mean, some people will say Inouye should have been uh, more heavily favoured, but after the fight, we often look at them and we say, we should have seen that coming. We should have saw whatever happened transpiring. I just didn't see yeah. Inouye dominating the fight like he did. His jab was superb. He was so much faster. He was hitting Fulton to the body. He dominated the early rounds. Fulton thought, this guy's so fast, I'm afraid to throw. He stood back against the ropes, just could not do anything with Inouye. He was even showboating and shithousing in the second round. It was just the complete performance for me, right up to the end. Whenever he'd had enough, played with his food, caught him with a cracking shot and just finished him off. It was me. I mean, you've got two fights this week who basically split opinion, um, and then both turned out to be absolute dominations. And you know, there was like literally nothing, nothing. There was no debate about it. There was nothing shady going on or anything like that. You know, even though they tried some shady stuff with this fight, <clears throat> try to cast some doubts, whatever. But um, it was just emphatic. You know, the speed again. Another another one. Yeah, another one was just the jab, head and body, fantastic. Um, so fast. It's just it's so quick, mate. I mean, I've just, I just seen, I've seen the right hand there again. 
Um, the speed off that is just actually incredible. And then he follows it up with a kind of leaping left hook, but he's actually off the ground. Both feet are off the ground as he lands that, that left hook. Puts, if you look at it back, he actually puts Fulton under the ropes. He's actually lying flat. You actually think he's actually sparkle. You see Inouye up on top of the turnbuckle celebrating, and you actually see then Fulton rolling over. And deciding to get back up, and then he gets he gets stunned again, isn't he? It's just it was just another one who made the unified champ look like he didn't even belong there. And it's it's, it's it sounds bad to say it, but it's true. Anybody Rob watched it, you watched it live, Matty watched it live, but no, we're no lying here. Everybody else who saw what happened testified that it was a complete and utter domination. It was you hate to say it to, at, at, at that level. It, it looked so easy. It looks so easy, it's just so quick, so sharp, and it says the, the ending was quick, emphatic, and basically killer instinct in abundance. That's all you can say. And you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I picked Fulton last week on points. I expected it to be a close competitive fight. It was nothing like that. I expected a close competitive fight between Spence and Crawford. It was nothing like that. Um, both fights were just dramatic for their own their own ends. That the, the, the actual winner of the, the both fights were just complete. It's completely dominant and you know, capital letters dominant. It's just, it was just emphatic. Certainly was an emphatic performance. Oh, there's Rob jumping in there. Rob, question for you jumping in actually from Danny Young. Maybe a question for the pod, maybe a question for rapping Rob Kelly. Which was the better beatdown, Fulton or Spence? Well, I think uh, the Spence one was more of a beatdown, if you like, because mm. it was such a fucking like brutal. His face looked so brutally fucking battered after it, and it was like he was on shaky legs, and he looked like he actually felt sorry for him. Fulton looked scared, man. Like I thought, I thought it'd be a close fight. I thought it'd be a bit of a chess match because I seen Fulton um, show dog before against Figueroa, and I thought he was going to like have enough in the exchanges to get him over to the twelfth round. I still thought in your ways class at show, but frightening, like. Again, boxing IQ thrown around all the time. People just use these fucking phrases. Boxing IQ, but anyways, boxing IQ. He set him up for the knockout. So not only did he play with him, he was hitting him with spiteful shots. The speed was scary. The technique on the shots, the way he turns his hand over at the last second on the left hook, fucking like textbook. And then his feet, he's like a fencer. His feet are in and out of distance. His feet are the, are the, are the most scary thing to me. Yeah. He's like a fucking ballet dancer, a ninja. He's in and out of range. He was stabbing him with that body that body jab. Oh, body jab. Jabs at a body all night. Stabbing him, stabbing him. And I always go back to Manny talking me through the time um, Ray Robinson set up Fulmer with the left hook that he clipped him with by hitting him with three body shots before that. And it was like that because Fulton went looking for the jab to the body and bang over the top, similar to the shot Mosley caught. Mayweather with, but he didn't uh, manage to grab an arm and lock him up. But anyway, it was too strong. He was trying to trying to clinch, trying to hold, try to fight back. Nothing offered. Nothing. I thought he was scared from the first. Uh, like I, I thought Fulton, and I don't like saying that about fighters, but he was worried. I was not scared as own word, but worried yeah. worried about what reticent. Was yeah, because he was hesitant to throw, and even he wasn't committing to his own right hand. It was like he was throwing it out there just for optics rather than actually trying to extend it because he knew the counter was coming. And to have a finish like that at a high level against an elite guy, you know, holds holds two of the belts. He's come up in weight to fight him again as well, and to knock him out like that with shots like fuck me, that like the right hand first and then the left hand to follow that kind of it took both feet off the ground, kind of iconic images. So. Inuways number two, Borders one, and Inuways number two for me, and everyone else is making up the numbers. Like it's their world, and we're just living in it. Like, 
you can't speak highly enough about the guy you'd like him to see get maybe get a higher profile but maybe he doesn't want a fucking higher profile maybe he's happy doing what he what he does like but it was definitely a week in boxing we've had so many kicks in the balls over the last couple of years with these morons holding up the heavyweight division yes. and all these fights not getting made and Spence and, and and Bud being guilty of it as well taking five years to drag it out but fuck me that week of boxing delivered big time it was like the world cup for me this week watching fucking fights at lunchtime <laughs> it was fucking oh, it was the world cup of boxing it was the the elite of the elite performances the two best fighters in the world putting exclamation points on victories against top top guys so what more do you want like even and it, fuck it if the casuals don't pick up on us their loss like we can That's enjoy it so yeah uh-huh. it was okay then so hands on the table who had the best performance in your way at crawford Crawford for me because of the dominance and the way he left Spence. There was, like Rob said, there was always a chance that Inoue could maybe do that. I really didn't see the one sided yeah. domination. Plus, Fulton has only ever knocked out like four guys, hasn't he? Like, so he, the punch, he yeah, he's one of the he lowest punching world that. champions. Yeah, 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 he wasn't coming with that power that Spence and knockout record. Like Spence had, like. I can attest to what Rob was saying as well as that he was scared. He, he felt something earlier during that. During an early exchange, the very early half of that fight, and did not fancy it, I think, as, as much. Because he had, he had one right hand landed about round seven, and anyway, just clicked straight in the action. And he's just, again, back on the periphery. And the, the speed on that right hand for that knockdown, it's just frightening, mate. He's done That's what he wanted right. with him. He's just putting him where he wants as well. Yeah, that was the, the was most impressive. Thing. He's just him placing him place. where he wanted. Wasn't it interesting how the two respective winners over the week uh, approached the first round differently, Andy? Inoue came straight out and put Fulton on the back foot and asserted his dominance, whereas Crawford came out and gave uh, had a look at Spence and almost gave him a false sense of confidence, the way the two of them approached that first round differently. Um, well, I'm not surprised at Crawford as such, because that was one of the things when I, when I was sitting watching that first round, because he... Yeah, I was kind of loath to give it to Spence because there was nothing really happened there really kind of deserving of, of, of a clear 10-9 round. But I gave it to Spence purely because he was he was more aggressive. But that's Crawford. He has a look the kind of first couple of rounds. But I was I was getting kind of concerned as if it dragged on. Yeah. And then obviously after the, after after that first knockdown in the second round, mate, I'm kind of like and obviously when I see the response by when Spence got up with his legs, I just knew that. A totally different fight, and as I said, any time he landed in a solid, it was it was buzzing. It was he could visibly marking up and physically moving Spence to his boots. In new ways was just he had a guy basically in front of him who was completely mesmerised with him. He just he had nothing for him, which is again this isn't elite boxing as well as these two guys stepped up and just showed that the people. There's another level beyond fucking Spence and mm-hmm. Stephen Fulton. It just seems to be anyway. You know, we're, you know, pound for pound, one and two, whatever way you want it. It's just uh, great to watch these two guys fighting in the same week. The only, the only thing that was missing this week was HBO commentary. Get stuck with these hey, fucking man. assholes on the fucking top rank show. The cheek, the cheek of top ranks international field. Uh, feed having a, a fucking broadcast on Sky during the day with Christina Poncher and Michaela Mayer for fuck's sake who else do we uh, want in there complaining as well that they woke up Condoleezza Rice or something all women are just fucking commentating on this fight who, why, why I, like, I, I saw a picture of uh, Mauro Ranallo in his lavender mist uh, outfit no there's do- they hey, don't, even, don't even wear something like that <laughs> <laughs> they are Matty on the screen for you Poor bastard. Who wore it better? I know who wore it better from where I can see, Bob, anyway. 
What's, what's, Clearly what's Merrill, innit? <laughs> what's Morrow putting in his hair, though, these days? <sighs> Merrill looks like, you know, those old HBO documentaries about pimps and then there's one white guy who talks like he's a black guy from the South, Sonny. <laughs> Count Chocula or something, that's going to be his pimp name. <laughs> Shout out Merrill, by the yeah, way. That's my guy. Mauro, he just... You see, if you if ever want to play a joke on him, pretend or just go up to him and say, listen... Fucking crow cops in town, mate. He's looking for you. <laughs> my, my first ever, my first ever boxing podcast appearance was on Mero Ronaldo's pod because he found the Canelo Alvarez song that I did, and then reached out to me and asked me on to come and predict Floyd versus Canelo, ten two. That was the start of it. I should have fucking just gone straight into it. Forget you guys, straight to the top. Me and Mero. You, you could have um, been Abner Morris. <laughs> <laughs> what are you Glass thinking, Rob? Glass eye. Like Bernstein taking off an hour to make a point. Uh, every time it's funny, right? Because Abner was on the obviously on the commentary last night. I just, I've been on this fucking pod too long. Every time I hear Abner Myers' name, I think of Andy's voice and me, hey, calling him a woggle eyed freak or something. <laughs> 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 oh dear me. Uh, anyway, uh, Matty, back to some of your classics from the back in the day, Andy. Um, Matty, back to Japan. Um, in UA against Fulton, obviously the sort of uh, the appetizer to what we saw going down last night. I think what the boys were mentioning there about uh, the fear in Fulton and then his reluctance to engage, I agree with that. I was saying it on the Nutters call last night. I don't think anybody's heard it, so it's worth repeating tonight. The fact everyone afterwards was saying, oh, he dared to be great, you know, mad respect to Fulton, he dared to be great. From the point of view going over to Japan, okay, fair enough. He put his titles on the line in a way territory against a really fancied big punching hometown fighter or or beat somebody moving up. Okay, from that respect, I understand. But I think the fact of saying Fulton dared to be great when it comes to his ring performance, that's an insincere line for me. And I don't agree with it at all. And I made the point on the call last night with Danny and the boys. I think that sort of takes away from the, the warriors of the past. And I know that sounds a bit highfalutin and all, but guys like Matthew Saad Mohammed, my favourite fighter of all time, Philadelphia and the same as Fulton. You had to nail that guy to the canvas in a championship fight to get him out of there. He dared to be great every time. What Stephen Fulton done against Inoue, as applauding as we can of, of him doing what he did, the actual performance, that's not daring to be great for me. That's a disingenuous line. Yeah, he... Um, I, I, You know, I don't know if I want to say like he didn't really try or anything like that. I, it's, But it, it wasn't what we expected, right? Is as correct as Rob and I were on the Crawford fight, uh, we were, uh, well, myself at least. I can't remember, Rob, if you said Inouye or not, actually. I thought, uh, but I was, anyway, points. I thought, I, thought oh, you, be able to yeah. hang in. I thought he'd be able to hang in I thought, um, and show a bit of dog and get to the final bell. But yeah, I, no, you're fine. I, I thought you picked, picked Fulton for some reason. Yeah, I picked that. I, I thought Fulton um, you know, just, uh, you know, just uh, might have been, uh, you know, you never know when people moving up the weights when they're just going to go a step too far against a guy who's just a bit too big a bit too skilled. Um, and, and I thought that Fulton could have definitely been that guy, um, but it didn't prove the point. Um, Fulton's going to go to 126 after this, I assume. We'll see what he does from there. He's still a skilled fighter, but this is going to take a bit to get his confidence back off of this one, I think. Um, but, you know, it was tough for him because he he couldn't seem to find the jab at the right distance to keep in a way off him. Um, he wasn't able to do any of that inside body work uh, like he was able to do against Leo and Figueroa. So he was left with, um, you know, the, the mid-range. And that was where Inoue wanted him. Uh, the, the fight was consistently fought at the distance that Inoue wanted. And he was landing spectacular punches. 
Um, I, I think Fulton might have been able to make it out of that round if he had just gone down off of that first right hand and not absorbed that other left trying to stay up. Um, that was a little bit of a mistake on his part. Uh, but, you know, I mean, going the distance or going a few more rounds, I don't know how much that would have mattered to him at the end of the day because uh, he probably wanted to, you know, go over there to get a win. But in a way, he's a very special fighter. And, it, you know, and although I say that Crawford's the best fighter of his generation, um, in, in meaning, uh, and I mean it very honestly, um, I think in a way he's right up there. And I, I think much in the way, you know, and their paths will never cross. Uh, the, look at the weights. It, yeah, obviously, it's not going to happen with like it did with Floyd and Manny. But it's kind of amazing, much like it was with Floyd and Manny, to be watching these two, you know, like kind of probably yeah, they'll end up probably top 50 or better, you know, greatest fighters of all time in the consideration of, you know, those boxing minds who discuss such things. Um, and to, to be witnessing them simultaneously is just amazing. These are two incredible undefeated fighters, and we're still wondering if they keep going, where their ceiling might be, what weight class, what opponent. Um, I uh, I do expect, in a way, to polish off uh, to Paulus, not uh, without any worry whatsoever. Um, to Paulus, you know, good enough fighter, to, uh, surprised uh, Akhmedaliev, but, um, you know, uh, I don't think he has the tools to uh, really trouble in a way uh, all that much. Um, so maybe he might be two fights and done at 122 and go test the waters at 126. If Figueroa is able to get through Ray Vargas, I'd love to see uh, a beefier, um, uh, weight, more weight healthy uh, uh, Brandon Figueroa fight in a way at that weight. I think that could at the very least be a good weight. He could take a hell of a punch and he'll work on cl trying to close that distance. Um, so I think that could be an interesting fight at featherweight, but man, that would be incredible to, to win uh, titles uh, from 108 up to 126. That is a special, special guy. And um, yeah, I woke up six in the morning to see him thinking he might lose, um, but uh, just witnessing greatness again and, uh, you know, proud to, uh, to get those couple hours early just to see him. Uh, just what a tremendous fighter he is. I've seen some quotes Sorry. about him, about him uh, moving up. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because somebody, or it was reported as saying that he wants to fight three fights. One was against Casimero. I'm sure the other one was against Tapales, then the other unification. And I think the other name was possibly Luis Neri. Definitely be Tapales next, wouldn't it? He got in the well, ring. He's got two aye. belts, undisputed by the end of the year. And then he'd be the second after Crawford, wouldn't he? All undisputed. I know they're going to be the goat and all that, but nobody really takes that seriously. I don't know if there'll be any Fuck man you, Steve. That. <laughs> cool. I, th I think I think was was potentially classed as Fulton's mandatory. I'm not too sure about that. Um, so I don't know if Neri will get... Again, if there's any mandatories to, to oh, was that the way. WBO thing where you move up as a champion and yeah, you become yeah yeah I mean yeah. if he clean if he cleans up all the belts then all roads lead to him so we could just knock them off as mandatories no problem Neri's got to be number you know top five uh, with a, a sanctioning body mm -hmm. and then uh, Casemiro probably as well so th th there shouldn't yeah. be an issue to make um, I mean especially I mean with Casemiro I mean that's uh, that's uh, same part of the world right there that should be a very simple fight. Yeah, it's a Paulez next, I would, I would imagine, under. Beating the shit yeah, out of these Filipinos. Yeah. Are we sure he's not Spanish? Oh, well, you never know. It might be. Um, Rob, I know you were going to jump in there. Uh, some A strange fight that seems to be getting a lot of traction. A lot of people are seriously talking about Inoue moving up to fight Javonta Davis for some reason. 
Yeah, well, we know we know who the fuck that is. Like that's all the people that lost their ass betting on Fulton and was telling you all that and all those characters like fucking lefty OG and Oh man, yeah, hog. where's he at? All these fucking morons that don't watch boxing for the right reasons, like that just fucking don't know shit about the sport. And that's the fucking... character. Like it's like fucking Wesley Snipes in Passenger Fifty Seven, isn't it? Always bet on black. That's the boy. Like, you know? <laughs> so fucking like you know, I I hate that shit. I hate that from both ways. Like there's guys that do it the other way around too. They always back the white fighters. There's guys that only back the Mexican fighter. There's guys that only back the black fighter. But the boys online like are particularly fucking vocal on Twitter. Like and they're married to their opinion as well. Nobody can so tell. Them strange, that, so strange, man. I just I don't understand that. It's a it's a weird. It's a like that's why I don't really be on boxing Twitter talking too much about. I only talk boxing here with Jews. I couldn't be bothered like getting into fucking into that shit. But just to get back to the to the dare to be great thing, I think that's kind of. That another catchphrase that just gets fucking thrown around in sport. You dare to be great when you get beat. Like, cool. Like, dare to be great is good. But now that cat that catchphrase has come about because we get so many fighters who don't dare to be anything. They just yes, want to take yes. money. This is like cool. Face a year, give, give me the money, man. I don't. I don't give a fuck about fighting the world champion. So he dared that's to fight. Where it came from. <laughs> yeah, dare to fight. Like, so he was there to fight. He didn't dare to be great, but he was there to fight. Um. You know, I don't think there's much he could have done, to be honest with you. I think he was in survival mode, just fighting a fucking guy who's levels above him. But the dare to be great thing is a lot of fucking shite. And it's it's it's, it's only kind of coming, it's only coming kind of full circle in boxing now because people are actually surprised when champions fight each other. <laughs> Normally they'll fight the fucking guy in the top 15, go, look, I'm trying to make this fight. I'm sending fellas contracts, but I just can't do it. Give me this number 15 from fucking Lithuania and see what I can do with him. You know, that way. So fucking, um, I just think fucking. Oh, knockout. <laughs> Fulton's, Fulton's face for the whole fight looked like Curtis Stevens when he got hit by Golovkin for the whole fight didn't it was like what the that fuck that this man get me out of get me on the Tokyo <laughs> Express out of here like, just I needed a photoshop fuck. gravestone uh, behind him and all and it was incomplete like, the, the fact there are people saying the stoppage <laughs> some people saying the stoppage was early and that oh my god <sighs> fucking mad dude it was people well, was like, he slumped That's... over like fucking Amir Khan when he got hit by Danny Garcia at the fucking very last punch. He just went, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it was fucking stopping just early. Yeah, fucking break. You want to kill him? Fuck off. <laughs> They're bloodthirsty, Rob. The definitive conclusion doesn't even matter. It's like Steve Smoger. Are you dead, <laughs> Steve Smoger. Or Derek James, the ghost of Steve Smoger, flip me. Definitive and, conclusion. And that was, I mean, we, good good performances by the referees recently, too. They did not mm. fuck up these fights. Um, yeah. Nothing went to the judges, so we can't, you know, uh, didn't yeah. even go that direction. So, um, yeah, I mean, but the uh, the referees been keeping everything in check. Who was the ref in the uh, Inouye fight? Do you remember? Hector Steve? Afu. Hector Afu. I'm trying to remember. I, I know I've seen him in some other fights. Seemed to do a good job there. Yeah, he's done a few. He does a few out there when in the those Dubai Saudi Arabian cards. They bring him over. He did the Tommy <laughs> Fury card, uh, Jake Paul fight. He wasn't um he wasn't reffing much during COVID because every time they announced his name, people started ducking. He's like, "Ah, what about your name spreads particles?" Uh, Andy, the only thing worth mentioning just about on the undercard was Robezi Ramirez. At least he got rid of that yeah. big stiff idiot. I feel bad because he seemed like a nice fella. Satoshi, old Mister Bitcoin, came out. He had a go, but. He should not have been anywhere near world title. That was like the WBO world title defenses of twenty years ago, wasn't it? Being... Yeah, to be honest, mate, he he didn't really transition there properly oh, as, a, he as a pro. <laughs> he was awful, mate. And I think I think possibly even got stopped off someone early in the half of his career. Yes. Be fair, right yeah. was on the wall for him. That 
classic amateur fighter just hasn't transitioned across and they we can see the difference in class levels, mate. Absolutely destroyed, pulled out in the end. Thank God that they have they kind of put up with that shit for much longer. But uh, Ramirez again, another one actually got a belt, another one who's maybe chapman a bit now to try and get some unification fights. That Luis Lopez fight would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? You know, banging against a you know, counter puncher. Um, I think, don't know what the situation is. We're talking about promotion. Lopez fighting Navarrete, I think, aren't they? Are they? And you've oh, got Lee Wood. No, is it Navarrete? Lopez, Lopez is fighting Joette Gonzalez at the end. Yes, he's fighting. Go- yeah, they were talking about him fighting somebody else after Gone. Right. It might have been Ramirez. Sorry, Andy, I might have thrown you off track. It might have been Ramirez. I, I think actually, you're I think very correct. Yes, I think sorry, you're correct on that, Steve. Yeah, and also Lee Wood's been given permission to have a voluntary defence apart from his, over his mandatory, so he's getting to fight Josh Warrington now. So. Of course, yeah. Who didn't fucking predict that one? Yep. <laughs> Jesus. So that because Kualamatov, so he's he's that's the same time he's been bypassed now for that fight. So um, and you also is it Ray Vargas? Is, is he got? Is he now got a belt back up at the oh, BBC? Yeah. Has he? No, he lost to Oshaki Foster. He's fighting somebody in the chat they were mentioning oh, he, earlier. He, that was at 130 against Oshaki Foster. Oh, he that's why. Yes, he kept, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. It's yeah, hard to keep so, up with all this, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, if, if you're saying Joe Gonzalez is going to be fighting the stable at top rank and that, well, I can understand it, but unless anyway moves up, there's not really a big name for Ramirez at this point. So you'll have to kind of pick his bones there, like, uh, that one pretty well, because. I don't think he wants to be moving up to 130 just now. Um, no. He's still bowled himself a little bit. Yeah, that way. unifications, Nick, absolutely, yeah. What about Nick Ball? How do you think Nick Ball would fare against, uh, Nick, uh, against Ramirez? Well, it'd be interesting. Style. He'd he'd bring the heat and they'd yeah, throw right? a few bombs at each other, wouldn't they? And Ball would probably be going the WBO route, being with Frank Warren, so that's not outside the realms of possibility. Is, yeah. is Ball featherweight or, was he, or is he super featherweight? I can't remember. Feather. Is he? He's, man, right. he's, he's a fucking bulky You guy. like him, don't you, Matty? Yeah, he beat the crap out of Isaac Lowe, man. How could you? How could you not? He, uh, I mean, he's a burly little motherfucker. I mean, he's built like a brick shit house. Yep. Um. Okay, so I'm going to quickly have a mention of all the things over the weekend. Oh, Chase, Chase, Chase Athletics threw in ten dollars. Our American correspondent, shout out to Chase Athletics, for throwing in ten dollars. I think he picked Crawford as well last week, so he's loving life over there. Quick cursory mention of the things uh, from last week. We're not going to go into these in any great detail. Uh, last night, Saturday evening, Liam Davis banged out Jason Cunningham in the first round. Really solid fighter now at that sort of British-European Commonwealth level. It's Liam Davis brings a good crowd in Telford as well, so fair play to him. Uh, Ethan James getting a win over James Moorcroft. Moses Atorma getting a win as well. And Bomber Brown, nice big heavyweight getting the knockout over Jake Darnell. On Friday evening in Las Vegas, Sinisa Estrada got a 10-round decision win over Leonela Paola Udica. Uh, Andreas Cortes knocked out, uh, stopped uh, Xavier Martinez with a retirement in the seventh round. And a- Abraham Nova knocked out Jonathan Romero in the third round. Bit of an upset to see Carlos Balderas losing as well. A majority decision over eight rounds to Nahia Albright. Uh, what else do we Albright's have a good fighter. I've seen him on a couple of pro box yeah. cards. He's, he's a yeah. solid fighter. If you're not prepared against him, Matty, he'll give you a bit of trouble, as uh, Balderas found out. Absolutely. He, he's a good trade fighter. Yeah. Certainly is. And shout out to Gary St. Clair. We mentioned him last week. 48 years young. Superman. The comeback was on after 10 years out of the ring. He lost a majority decision over 12 rounds to Michael Hall. Uh, the cards were quite close, but unfortunately at 48, I don't think he's going to become the future of boxing as we predicted last week. So, over, son of, over 12. Son of Richard D. Hall, I think that guy is, isn't he? <laughs> Did you say over 12 rounds, Steve? Over 12 rounds. He was wow. straight back in. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh... 
maybe that was the wrong play. He might have wanted to work out with like an eight rounder first. Ten year layoff. Maybe the PBC will be getting in touch, Matty, for his next fight in uh, two thousand and thirty-three. There you go. It's perfect. He'll be on, or uh, he'll be on a, a thriller card or something of that nature. Oh. Who knows what, what's going on? The sky's really the limit, Steve. Actually, yeah. yeah. If anyone has any contact with him, tell him to try bare knuckle. Forty-eight, Matty. You trying to get the poor fella killed, dude? This UFC guy who is like fifty-one years old is a fucking uh, bare knuckle champion right now. Uh, someone Houston, I think, is his name, or maybe he's from Houston. I can't remember. Talking to fifty-one-year-olds, Andy. I was going to say this for belly of the week, but no better place to throw it in now. Yuri Boy Campus returning at the weekend. Yeah, fifty-one, dude. <laughs> an all-time badass. <laughs> I chased the result. I couldn't find it. I just looking for saying. Just as you mentioned, the fifty-one-year-olds. Um, I was watching something on, I think it might be the Golden Boy documentary, briefly, it might be an outtake. Remember that old prisoner that got released for a crime and then they commit a possibly, I can't remember, Dewey something, and they came sure. back to have a pro, a pro fight. Remember him? No, I forgot really. I completely. Do you remember his name, Matty? I forget his surname. Yes, I'm now I, I'm remembering what the hell heck you're talking about now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was an older, yeah, he was an older black guy, right? Aye, that's right. Yeah, aye, aye, aye. I can't uh, remember his last name though. And he oh, Dewey Bozella. There that's you go. It. There you go. Here we are, Dewey boys. Bozella. I'll read it out because I'm finding out this information. Dewey Bozella is a former professional boxer who is known for being wrongfully imprisoned. Convicted in '83 for the murder of an elderly woman, Bozella served 26 years in prison before his conviction was overturned in 2009, and then he was proved innocent and he came out and resumed his boxing career. There you go. And I appeared Crazy. on. I think it was a Golden Boy undercard, possibly. He appeared on eventually when he got his license because he had to. To have a couple yeah. of sparring sessions. Or oh, something. you know what? I think I do remember something about that. Yeah, 2011, he beat Larry Hopkins over four rounds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was his one and only fight. So I don't it know was what the undercard, so. Andy, sorry, of Bernard Hopkins versus Chad Dawson in Los Angeles at 52 years there of age. Yeah, oh, I do remember. The first that one, all oh, that sucked. That, that was, was terrible. Was that the oh, one when, when he got injured? Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the one yeah. where he got through up the ground? <laughs> he got through, yeah, he got through down, didn't he? Yeah. That's right. Oh, I remember that. Does anyone... Does anyone think it's a good time for Yori Boy Camp- Campos to change his nickname? <laughs> <laughs> Just looks like a dash in there. Yeah. It's a long, long time ago, that one's crazy. Remember fighting Matthew Mackley in like 2009 in Dublin and people were muttering then about that he was too old. And here I, he is. I, 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 I gave you his, his uh, record. It was 100 odd fights. He's the one over defeats, 100 fights. Three draws yeah. or something. Yeah, it's insane. Any of the Chuckle Brothers ever go to Mexico, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, he is an all-time badass, and, and he uh, he had a pretty good resume, you know, in the beef of his career, actually. He fought some good fighters. Yeah, Fernando Vargas fought De La Hoya, didn't he, I think? Um, he would have been in with a load of them. Uh, Chavez, Costa's you, I think he might have fought. Yeah, 108, 17, and 3, knocked out nine times. He turned pro in 1987. There's a good, there's a good, this great backstory to this. Is two years shorter than my life. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great, there's a great backstory to the Vargas one, by the way. Vargas stopped him, didn't he? Yes. Um, he, apparently, uh, Yori Boy Campas spared Vargas when he was like 15, and he uh, made him cry. And <laughs> fucking, he took her that like he beat the living shit out of him, like an experienced pro, no such thing as sparring, like absolutely fucking. And for, Vargas said. When he was on the way home, like his coach was like, "Don't worry, we we'll fucking get him. Like someday we we'll get him." And he fucking stopped him when when they turned pro, like spiteful stoppage, like so. No way. 
That's a good yeah, story yeah. as well because that was the story with him and Delahoya, wasn't it? Did, wasn't Delahoya pushed him when oh. they were out running down a hill or something, and that was the whole beef that <laughs> yeah. led to the fight? Yeah, apparently yeah. so. Yeah, he, ran, <laughs> he said they're out running. He nudged him down a hill. <laughs> rough and tough. <laughs> oh, for goodness' sake! Uh, shout out to Michael McElwee throwing in a tenner there, and shout out to Mick throwing in a tenner on the super chats. Lovely stuff. Uh, on to next week's action. We'll go over it quickly. And if anyone wants to sh- uh, throw anything well, in, they get, can. And I'll get ahead of you, Steve. I did some Yo. research on that. I actually went and did some sleuthing beyond Ooh, the boxing on, schedules. Ooh. And I found nothing new about Danny Garcia, Eris Landy, Lara. Went to the Barclays website to look at events that are happening. It was not on their schedule. So it looks. So we like, don't think it's happening. Nope, and it was it was scheduled at 155 pounds for the That's middleweight right. uh, title, as you That's know. Right. I call that the uh, Puerto yeah. Rican two-step, and <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. So it looks like uh, they just quietly canceled it after us boxing fans said, "What the fuck is this shit?" Yeah, I wondered why they hadn't mentioned I, it on the, the broadcast. The one random thing that I picked up when I was searching though is there's rumbles of uh, Garcia Thurman too. Oh, oh. Lara, Lara would have beat the shit out of Danny Garcia and finished him for good. I think. I honestly, even now, I think Lara, Lara kicked this. I think Danny Garcia is one of the biggest disappointments for me, like because he was on the trajectory, like to be a top forty-seven pounder, like and just threw it all away for me. Like, I, I never thought he was that good either. By the way, I thought uh, what's his name beat him, Mauricio Lara, was it? Uh, Ashley Theofane, me and Andy were talking Rico. about that the other night. Uh-huh. Yeah, he got a lot of gifts in that. Like, and he just fucking wastes his. It's a bit. It's a bit PBC welterweightish, isn't it? Like it's Thurman esque and fucking Garcia the two of them. Like they didn't really seize the. They didn't cap ADM, did they? Didn't British <laughs> Ashley get robbed against him? That's what we just said. Yeah, Thea yeah. Fine beat him. We were watching that fight, me and Andy, very recently. Yeah. Uh, so it's not on. Uh, I wondered why it wasn't on the box stretch schedule, which isn't any indicator these days that a fight might necessarily be taking place. But it seems like that one has been canned, unfortunately, if you were looking forward to it. Right, let's throw out the action for next weekend. So next Friday uh, on the 4th of August, Falls Park for the failure in Belfast. I'll be there ringside uh, soaking this one up. Podrick McCrory against Steed Woodall, Sean McComb on the undercard amongst uh, an assortment of other prospects. On the same evening in Pennsylvania, I'll not be ringside for this one. Jordan White going in against Eridson Garcia. This is mine and Matty's favourites, the old uh, showbox cards. So I'm looking forward to that one. Also, again, on the same night in Atlanta, Georgia, in the overtime arena, uh, Elijah Pierce going in against Mike Plania. Dazona just about clinging on as best as they can. And I'm sure you want to have a quick word about this on the Saturday evening, Matty. The 5th of August, Shadezia Green. He's going in against Olivia Curry, Jake Paul against Nate Diaz. And on the main event, we have Amanda Serrano against Heather Hardy. Might not be the main event, actually, though, Matty. Maybe Jake Paul will be the main event. I'm not sure what's going on there. Sorry, Steve. I thought I was unmuted. So you and I have both scored one today. Um, Yeah, I, um, I, I think Jake Paul is going to be the headliner on this particular card. Um it's so it's and he's going in there against Nate Diaz uh, in, in Nate over the hills an MMA fighter. I saw some of the sparring, nothing uh, very intriguing at the end of the day. Um, I, I think that Paul's going to knock him out get another one of them MMA guys on his resume. Um, and Diaz, I don't think is as capable of a boxer as Anderson Silva either. Um, the Amanda Serrano, Heather Hardy rematch. Come on, Amanda, you only have so much left. I know you wanted to give Heather a chance because she gave you a chance, et cetera, et cetera, but this is a reasonably pointless fight in your career. Um, I, I, uh, I, I've i heard that uh, it looks like uh, 
Alicia Baumgartner is going to be fighting for soon. Um, so maybe after that one, we might end up with Serrano against Baumgartner, which is a fight I'd really like to see before Amanda calls it a day, but I don't know. Um, for soon, a fight against Katie Izzy. My baby Baumgartner. Yeah, for soon and your baby. That's going to be a good fight, but yeah, that's that's months down the road. Um, and uh, yeah, um, and but uh, for the undercard, uh, Shadeja Green, uh, her opponent, uh, Olivia Curry, nothing super special about her. She has a little bit of an amateur background. Um, so, but I, it's probably going to be uh, 13 and 0 with 12 knockouts after this one, Steve. I think this is just a stay busy fight for Green mm. as she did the step aside that allowed uh, Marshall to challenge Cruz Desern. And this is so she's going to be taking on Marshall. Um, that's Again, what I, want to I, say. I think it's going to be a good Marshall. fight. I know I, I, yep, I know I missed the mark on uh, Marshall Cruz Desern being a good fight, but I do think uh, Green, uh, yeah, Green against Marshall is a fantastic fight. Uh, both of them can bang, but Stacey can bang harder, um, mm. and it'll be a, it'll be a curious one right there. Um, and yeah, I, I think Shadeja might be the gal um, who gives us a, a knockout on the big stage, um, moves the sport forward, um, in, in, which is the one thing it hasn't had in the last few years. And she's 33 years of age. You know, I mean, it's time for her to, to, to get onto it at this point in time. Um, so not the most interesting card. I think there's a couple of um, guys fighting uh, further down the card, a couple of prospects that are decent. But um, not, this is definitely not the best offering from uh, – Jake Paul into zone at this point in time. I don't know that I'll be tuning in this weekend. Ooh. Uh, Rob, not that I want to drag us into misfits territory by any stretch of the imagination, but I like the way the zone are pushing the fact they've got Jake Paul, influencer extraordinaire. He had the big rise up to the fight against Fury on Showtime, and then as soon as he loses that fight, they've ditched him, and the zone are picking up the leftovers at the table. Well, speaking of big rises, the uh, <laughs> zone are lining up a fight, I believe, in the misfits world between Elbrook, Pornstar, and OnlyFans girl and Emily Brooke, her sister, porn star, and OnlyFans girl. So I think they're hoping that they fight each other. And then if that goes well, that they fight each other again in a rematch. <laughs> what some, the fuck is going on? Honestly, like fuck some that, people that watch vi- some people watch violent porn and other people watch porn violence. It's an odd world. <laughs> A history of violence. Oh my goodness! Don't know where we go from. We'll there. never forget. We'll never forget, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Andy, anything you're looking forward to next weekend? <laughs> Feel hey. free to keep your answer short. <laughs> I don't wait. We'll just we'll fall short Oscar pretty quick. Oh dear. Yeah, we'll we'll watch something maybe. Anyway, let's well, move on. Doesn't assassin yeah. any only fans and horses? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't rule it out, Steve. Let's not rule it out. That could be next. You never know. Tried everything else. <laughs> Don't know what El Book will be doing with the horses, but uh, we'll tune in. Right, let's move on to Belly of the Week then for episode Put it over five, watch three. It. Put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> Belly of the Week for episode 533. Rob's here, Andy's here, Matty's here, Steve has to get out before Mrs. Wellington starts shouting at him. So we're on time, we're on schedule here. It's 10 to 10 on the Sunday evening. We have done our best. Yeah, she's letting you out of the house for the for the weekend, so I guess you should uh, should obey this time. Absolutely, you're quite right, Matty. You're quite right indeed. A shout out to Tony Bellew as our first nomination here. He's going in, Matty. He says, people wrote this young man off and refused to believe. I didn't. All the people who slated him and tarnished his name should apologise. I'm so happy for you. I'm proud of you. You never gave up, even in the darkest moments. Shout out to Connor Ben there, Matty. Yeah, he never gave up lying. Yeah, big fucking company man, yeah. Yeah, fucking always guilty as fuck. Yeah, big 
fucking bougie man. Bell you. Fuck off, man. You know, like, I, there's one thing that I really fucking hate. It's when people are treated as being heroic when they're anything but. Like, there's enough unsung heroes in this world that who should be, you know, having their name put forth for the things that they do. Fuck Connor Ben. I mean, seriously, and fuck Bellew for saying this. Like, find something fucking better to do with your lives. I mean, seriously, get a fucking life. Connor pretended to be guilty, Andy, uh, and he wasn't all along. He dared to be great. Dare to be great, mate. He dared to stack on the pounds. It'll be interesting to know what he, what he does in terms of weight when he comes back. Is he gonna? Is he stacked on too much? He needs to go up to the fifty-four now, uh, so he needs to bypass like some Boots NS and Crawford and that and go straight for the big fish up at fifty-four. I think Connor Ben will be doing that, calling it the big guys. Don't think so. Somehow. Well, now that he's cleared and Boots is he's not, not cleared that title. He's not cleared. Now that he's cleared the fight. Let him fucking fight Boots Ennis. He was wanting it before he was banned, wasn't he? Now that yeah. And by the way, this clearance has come suspiciously 12 months after he first popped, hasn't it? Like, Apparently, it's not been confirmed publicly yet, but they're talking about it's, uh, what he's been supposedly cleared and wasn't even based on any scientific topic or anything like that. It was based on some sort of judici- <laughs> jurisdiction situation. I he's think, been cleared of not taking heroin, Andy. He's innocent. Aye. Yeah, he's innocent. not in his system. Uh, he's completely innocent to take. He didn't take heroin. We know that. Meanwhile, he's sitting on a two hundred seventy-page <laughs> dossier that he could release and it would prove his innocence. But still waiting to see, you know. So I look when he comes back. Best of luck to him. I just hope his first fight's against Crawford. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Cindy because Crawford. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be last <laughs> the only fucking uh, the only chance he have against the Crawford if he was fighting Cindy Crawford. Let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, sick. <laughs> he might, he might have a chance against a crawfish. Well, <laughs> there's one for you, Rob. Danny Young asked the question. He said, "Who who was better in their prime, Terence or Cindy?" Tough one, you know. Well, Terence, see your true colours turning blue, but it'd be your eye, you know that way. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy had some prime, like she had some resume, body of work. <laughs> We are the world and everything in there. <laughs> who was who was who was the one in, in the ring with Bud last night with the with the blue and blue hair? Sorry, I think that's oh, his sister, isn't it? That's one of his sisters. Are, is is all that stuff coming up on the value, Steve? Um, I don't think so. I've only got a limited shelf life tonight, oh, okay. but I've got I've got I've got a, a Terence a bit of a Terence appreciation there in the top right hand corner. You might have noticed throughout the pod. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's Mrs. Crawford. Show did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one. This was slagging off. She's slim, <laughs> yeah, she slimmed down. I'm not <laughs> sure. I just got the first photo I could find. Hey, hey, what can you say? Tying booth wood. So the water. <laughs> she batter tying booth. Anyway, <laughs> maybe we should move on to this. We mentioned it earlier. We that's kind of chalky, Lenaro. Look at. <laughs> Mama Mia. Mama Mia looks like he's coming to do magic, man. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Penn and Teller. He's in the right place anyway. <laughs> oh, he's a fucking top part of the rabbit next to him. <laughs> Meryl, by the way, I asked him to come on the pod before because I, you know, I reached out to him on DM him on Twitter and I was like, look, we're doing this boxing podcast. Love to have you on. He was like, I definitely come on as soon as my schedule permits. Like, and then I sent him a link to it. And then we never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what's up with him. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Now, next one here. So, Spence says, I didn't feel like even considering Thurman as an opponent uh, was being pushed on me. And then the quote jumped in and she says, I'll fight Thurman at 154. <laughs> so serious. All the respect in the world to him, too. I just think I can outbox him. Yeah. 
<laughs> would it be over two minute rounds? <laughs> the, 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 the poster would be called Equal Lefts and Equal Rights. <laughs> I don't know. Thurman's not been very active, Andy. The quote, you know, she might have a chance. Dude, he, was in good, he was in good shape when I saw him, man. He was in, he was in good shape. Oh, he's, he's ready for his 18 month. He's 18 month uh, trip out into the ring, is it? Well, uh, you know, I think in his defense, just quickly, I mean, you look at how long they keep a lot of these PBC guys yeah, on the shelf, true. regardless where they're at. Like, they just don't have the dates, and guys like Keith Thurman have suffered. I, I you'd love to say like it's his fault, but uh, you know, it maybe a little is, but not the bulk. Man versus can, but uh, no, you're right because uh, I think it was at Will that mentioned that some of the PBC fighters are getting a bit antsy, and they're not getting fight dates, and, you know, they go. Taxes to pay, hushies to pay for, no getting fight dates and no paydays. And if I was that, I'd be like, shut up, you're all millionaires already from fighting bombs. Let me do what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get some more money for you. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right, what we've got here then. Ricky reveals, I threw in a super (laughs) chat earlier. He said, IFL should just fold at this point. Coogs jumped in. And if IFL should fold, just think about how relevant you are, you crackhead. Pin that tweet. (laughs) Rick reveal. Cook, cook taking bodies, man, eh? Fucking hell, slacking them up. There was someone else, I forget who it was. Is it, I, think, I want to say his name is Jack. It probably isn't he? He was, he was winding and cooking up sort of awful, sending them fucking pictures and that, DMs. Uh, Ricky should take that shit, man. Oh, fucking Kogan, by the way. Who the fuck does he think he's talking to Ricky Gravel like that? Ricky Gravel's on the fucking... Well, they've got a lot in common. They're both on the sanctions list in the Canada oh, but... <laughs> the US. <laughs> Ricky Gravel's respected running about these parts. Kogan tried this push for us as well and he put, put in his place. Ricky should fucking... I think Ricky told him as well. He says, I'm a 2022 Twitter champion. So, that tells you all about Ricky, by the way. So, leave the man alone. levels. about levels in this guy, yeah. Fucking right to us. Cr- Ricky, Ricky Gravel does a small crack here. Yeah, does well. it, yes, he does a small crack. <laughs> I know. Like That's Coogan, like, like Coogan, though, he, he sniffs the seats that the woman's been sitting on as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Depends you know what's what on saying? the seats, I suppose. Uh, depends what you've been <laughs> drinking, actually, as well. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Nadim Ham, uh, Haddad put this one in. He said, me, if Anthony Joshua takes a beating like that and Derek James <laughs> doesn't stop the fight. <laughs> 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 That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the goat, the goat moments of all time, Andy, man. Oh, mate, mate, listen, I, fan, man. I would, I would, I'd be, I'd be signing up for sniper training, mate. Just, <laughs> to, take him, just, just to allow the beating to continue. They beat the shit out of that poor fellow. Oh, there's some funny one. Everyone was hitting them, man. It was like a oh. fucking naked gun or something. It was like they were all just fucking taking turns, hitting them, running up and hitting them. Like, me and me dad were watching that live in the middle of the night. I was like, what the she, fuck she, is she, going on? See if anybody, anybody who's no old enough to witness that, but were born right about 1993. 93, witness, yeah. uh, witness, witness what happened to the to the US soldiers who got dragged through Mogadishu. That's what happened to this poor bastard <laughs> man who got dragged through the ring and the crowd. His wee helmet bouncing up and down like Sonic the Hedgehog collecting rings. <laughs> yeah. and, his, and, and his headgear was bouncing up and down as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got the shit kicked through him. He got the sick like, of man sold into sexual slavery after that. He was never seen a bad oh, man. No, he was a madman, wasn't he? Didn't he do something? He committed suicide in the end. But no, he was doing Buckingham Palace and all, apparently. He, he, he jumped out a plane without a parachute or something uh, like that. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking mad bastard, man. 
Game something, I think. You it would have been funny if you went into the ring and Evander and Riddick would have lit him up. <laughs> they all said turn their attention to him. He took a he took a beating Muslim Fulton and fucking Clover Ace fucking man. He dared to be great, Andy. He dared to be great. <laughs> Nadim Hamid should have extended that and done the Simpsons tribute where he fucking flies into the ring and then saves Homer from dead or trade him. Like he should fucking fly in and save Joshua. I agree with you, Steve. He did dare to be great. I mean, who else can talk by entrance, mate? <laughs> If it's nobody that'd be fucking Prince Nassim trying to come on a flying carpet. Go and watch that on YouTube if you're too young to have seen that. 93 was the second fight, wasn't it? Bo versus yeah. Holyfield. Mills Lane was the referee. HBO filmed it. And the fan man, as he was affectionately known, comes yeah. with a power. And look at the back of his back. He's got this big fan attached to yeah. it. And, and if, you, if you haven't seen the Simpsons episode that references it, go watch that one too. I think that's season six or seven, probably ish, maybe eight. Fantastic episode. Homer is a boxer. The best, and thing is, the, the the best. If you if you find your kind of like your animal documentaries, like the best description you can give here is it's like a pack of lions just waiting for something <laughs> to fall, and they fucking bounce it. This was just standard fare for a bit of bow fight, though, Andy. I mean, this <laughs> <Why>? is... <laughs> what was his name? What was his manager's name again? Uh, Rock Newman. Rock Newman. Oh, he he loved to uh, throw some hands in that <laughs> as well. Hey, dragon cuts at the top rope. He was that. handy, Rock. When he was in, he was in like flame, like. <laughs> Oh my god. He, he looked like Piper Perry, except the dicks were fists instead. <laughs> Steve, I can get yes. inspiration for uh, punches for the past episode yes, here, mate. Yes, absolutely. If you haven't done it already, I can't even remember <laughs> this at this stage, to be honest. We might have done. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Oh dear. Anyway, uh, moving on. Michael Thompson sent this one in. Uh, Boone County Brawl. Uh, this looks legit here. Um, uh, Mason Maynard against Landon Van Dyke. The Viper versus the Pitbull. Apparently, there's been an outcry, Matty. About these nine-year-olds being put in the ring in Western Virginia, I think it is. There's some people aren't happy about this kind of affair. Is it the kids, or are they just taking pictures of the kids and Mason Menard is fighting no, somebody? No, I don't think they're taking pictures of them. They're actually fighting. But that kid's got the same name as the boxer Mason Menard. I I, I just wonder if that's not. This is the Viper Mason Menard. You know, fucking see the other top left of the poster, different fighter. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. I thought it was funny. Edward's fight poster when I seen the first. I said, what the Where's that? Where's WV? West, West Virginia. Virginia. It's you not know, him, Virginia. Matty, because Mason Menard is spelled M-E-N-A-R-D. So yes, it is. Well, there's, oh, there's, my there's, God. It's West, it's West Virginia. I'm not surprised. There's nothing there, mate. So, you know, they've been fighting for like 10 cents, eh, two boys. Is that is that a mad place to be, Matty? Oh, have you ever seen the uh, movie, the, the documentary, The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? No. Steve, put it on your list. Oh, my fucking God. And oh. just put it on your list, man. It is like some of the most fucking hillbilly white trash shit I, you'll ever witness in your goddamn life. And it's not contrived. It's all how they fucking live, man. It, it's, it's goddamn madness, dude. Fucking just like pill-popping fucking psychopaths. Great recommendation. Who, who insists on they have to keep their coal mines too? Like they're just are totally uninterested. Well, in everyone fucking build something. They're gonna go into a coal mine. They'll do just about anything. Fuck. No, we know. Station. We know what you mean now. We know what you mean now. Jardies. That's what you mean. They're like Jardies over there. <laughs> now I don't know what you mean. You <laughs> oh dear me. Uh, Jake Donovan reporting this one. Uh, Terence Crawford going in at the end of the press conference. He says, I've been telling you all for years, you're looking sad. Ellie, sec back, you're looking like a retarded ass dude right now. <laughs> <laughs> I get cancelled for that one, bud, after his big moment. <laughs> this, won't see him again. 
when did someone say afterwards, any uh, early setback, retarded. (laughs) 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 Anyone can get it. I've been in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Michael Thompson put this one on. It's probably one for the moment, but I thought it was quite funny. Matty put it in the Nutters group. Uh, uh, <laughs> did he show her before a fight? Jesus. <laughs> Jim Gray. Oh, dear. I yeah. love them. Gotta love them. Fantastic work. Never, never leaving anything to chance. He's in a gad. Uh, Amir Khan rocked his new woman claims he begged her for no holes barred sex June steamy four-month affair that ended after his wife, Fariel, threatened to name and shame her. He's been up to his old tricks again, Amir. Oh, dear. When will he ever learn, Andy? I don't know, to be honest with you. But he's loving life. He's loving life. Aye, aye. He was, uh, he was promoting himself on last night's uh, broadcast. Uh, was he? See, see me live on Spence Crawford on TNT Sports. So I was like, it's not about you, man. <laughs> Who cares? I didn't see it, but I heard it was a bit ropey with him and Denzel oh. Bentley, was it? And Dempsey? And... Aye. Uh, uh, Denzel was fine. So was Carol. Dempsey's yeah. been there before, mate. He knows, but uh, yeah, Armia was a bit of a struggle sometimes. A bit of a struggle for Armia. Final few now. Uh, Gareth A. Davis, uh, luckily he wasn't scoring the big fight, but he said, have this 58-55 Crawford after six rounds. Hashtag Spence Crawford. The guard there, Matty, getting in with some scoring. Can you concur? Uh, I would <laughs> say Spence won the first and the third, so that's about right. Oh, you're in guard territory then? No, Spence won the first and the third, probably. Oh, he'd be nomin- the guy's been nominated for Bellew of the Week here, so we're not supposed to be agreeing with him. This is getting a bit awkward now, uh, to be honest. You, you, I, I think you're just looking for some ammo sometimes. He gives us enough. We don't have to uh, to do it when uh, he's in there. There you go. That's better. <laughs> That's what we right. need. Poor Gad. Uh, also, Rob reminded me of this one. The beef backstage. Uh, Caleb Plant. The, the Mel and Maul's wife, ex-wife, whatever it was, were fighting outside. It was all kicking off out there, Andy. They're having a big scrap. Uh, you know, it's actually quality about pimp hands, swapping hands with him here, actually. <laughs> Charlo actually took it like a bitch. Done nothing. He actually walked away to begin with, and then he started to kind of walk toward them, but he was getting pulled back at the same time, like the, the hard man hold me back type of shit. Plans getting dragged out of the place. He's raging. Um, no idea what the shit was about. I just found it funny. But just the fact is that Plant walked up to him and literally slapped him. He properly slapped him to fucking spit and everything's coming right out of his mouth. And the fact is he walked away and done nothing. I thought the channels were all about that life, mate. I thought they were eight times down. I think there's something wrong with this guy, dude. Like, I, I don't think his so. inactivity and he looked like. He looked like honestly a guy that was on barbiturates outside in the other footage, um, where he's just walking around, <clears throat> kind of pushes a few random security guys. But no, like he looks out of it, like he looks like he's high. But the funniest thing about this is that Derry James said the incident between Caleb Plant and Charlo happened about an hour before that. <laughs> so Caleb Plant is obviously letting him bury in his mind. What happened was they were splitting up the fight, and apparently Charlo grabbed his beard or touched his face or something like. Pulled his pulled out his beard, and Derek James was kind of trying to talk Caleb Plant out of reacting, but he was like, At this point, he's not listening to me. And Radio Rahim was like, Well, where was that? And he was like, About an hour before he went up and slapped him. So Caleb Plant let a boil for an hour and then walked up to him, ran over when he seen him, and like fucking check left hooked him with a slap. And Charlo's left looking fucking bemused, like the guy off the tango ad. Like it was a bit weird, it was a fucking. It's weird seeing Charlo like that, to be honest with you. But the um, there's a reason that the younger Charlo is fighting Canelo and not this guy. Like I don't think 
everything's right there, you know, that way. Yeah, and he loves a drink too. Same with Spence, man. A lot of these, they're always pissed up, man. I mean, everybody likes having a good time, but they, they always seem to be pissed at every show. But in PBC money, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, hey, Steve, remember my prediction from the beginning of the year that between the Charlo brothers, there will only be one fight this year. Yeah, absolutely. You could well be right with that, Matty. Anyway, um, sticking with you, Matthew, you were there the weekend. Did you see anything funny? Any Donny stories? Do you want to throw anything in for Bellew of the Week? Um, listen, one of the, fu- the one of the funny things I saw was this guy was illegally selling T-shirts um, on the property of the T-Mobile outside of the doors, and he uh, sold one last one to Donny before the security ran up on him and told him to get the fuck out of there, and he was, like, walking in, like, People were trying to follow him to buy shit, and he was like talking to him. And the security chick was getting rough with him, and he fucking said he'd knock her out. And he said, she said to him, "Hey, do you think I've never been punched in the face before, motherfucker?" And uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, enjoyed it. Is she gonna fight for a title on Chicks with D? You get hard on Matty, you know. She's <laughs> she's gonna get the uh, the loser of the Shadesia Green fight. <laughs> on the S- same night in a tag team. Match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tag team boxing! Don't mention it. Uh, good stuff, uh, Matty. Andy, any nominations from you, please? Um, yeah, just one for obviously the, the the situation between the two Charlos' wife or ex-wives or whatever it's called. And I don't know what the situation is, but they were. I think they were getting dragged about the about the car park. It's and embarrassing, that. wasn't it? Really? No, really, mate. I mean, actually, you want to see women fighting, skirts getting pulled up. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you want to see. Air pieces you know? getting pulled off and all. The thing is, mate, you know, the, the, you know, the male can stand back and say, "Listen, they, they fucking cheat to talk about us and our behaviour." You know, mm, so yeah, you know, so that was it. I was lit, baby. That was what we needed. That's what we needed to get the get, you know get the launch tingling for the main event happening. Which was good. As I mentioned, it was better than the fucking undercard, to be honest with you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually. I and one for the uh, Stephen Jackson. Mate, I think he's an ex basketball player, but he um, he been laying into a uh, Timmy Bradley, who by the way also was was stoked last night. I fucking told you he was on he was on Twitter last night telling us all that. I told you it happened. It was like Timmy had won the fight himself, man. The way he was going on, you know what I'm saying. But uh, Stephen Jackson, ex basketball player, you know, he was shitting on Bradley, saying who who's he who's he ever beat. He didn't even pack on that. That guy want to fuck off, by the way. Like, uh, I don't know who he is really, but he's got some he's sort a of baseball piece of show type. Maddie might basketball, I think it was. Who's that? Oh, basketball, maybe. Stephen, Stephen Edwards, Jackson. is it? Stephen, or Stephen Jackson. Jackson. Fuck. It's ringing a bell, but I mean, that's a very common name. You know what I mean? Stephen with a PH. John Smith. I don't know. I don't know. For it doesn't sure. matter. Anyway, one for him, one for Tim Bradley for like, he was flexing massively in that. Um, Need to figure out how Eddie's going to get himself in, in, in the Spence Crawford, you know, stakes here, trying to get publicity off it. Uh, one for Ben claiming that he's claiming that he's uh, clear. One for the board actually. By they came out with some sort of weird statement as well. I need to go and pull it up again. Actually, to be fair, but yeah, one for the board possibly as well. Okay, doc. Thank you, Andy. Uh, Rob, anything from you, please? No, it was, a, it was actually the best week in boxing, so there was very little value in the week action apart from the fucking shenanigans outside the ring, like um, at the fight itself. The the two boys hanging out on the boulevard with one time was worth to mention as well. That the, the dress, like Donnie just heard the pod last week, was like, all right, fuck that, I'm open at one, like, and went to <laughs> Vegas. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, it's like the gay blind man descends on carnival. 
it was like Thurman was dressed like Suge Knight in all red, like culottes and that. And he was even looking at Donnie like, fuck, man, you're after pushing the boat out of bit here. Like, it's fucking, <laughs> you're taking risks. Um, so, uh, yeah, and me almost missing the fucking fight only for Andy ringing me. Um, but, yeah, not much better of the week stuff for this week for me. I'm a bit of Aussie this week with it. Yep, nothing from Oz. Oh, uh, and Donnie was hmm. trying to give me fashion tips, by the way, guys. Oh, I know, I know. How dare he challenge me with his primitive skills? How dare he, indeed? How dare, yeah. he, how dare he to be great? <laughs> <laughs> Let's race through them very quickly, then. Uh, we have Tony Bellew on Connor Ben. We have Christina Poncha and Mauro Ronaldo wearing identical outfits. We have the quote saying she'll fight Thurman. We have Rick Graville fighting against Coogan Cassius. We have the fan man. We have the youngsters fighting out in West Virginia. We have Jake Donovan alerting us to Crawford going in on Ellie Setback. We had uh, Bud there pre-fight with Jim Gray. We also had Amir Khan busted again. We had the guard, or maybe not the guard. We don't know. We'll nominate him anyway for being the guard. And we had Plant and Charlo beefing uh, backstage, plus all the ones the boys have thrown in. What are you going for this week, Andy? Um, plant. I'm going to go for Plant pimp slapping Charlo like that. And the fact is, he'd done nothing. It was just a... Uh... It was just bemusing at me because any other time Charlie would have been up in his face, all that energy, all that emotion, nothing. So I'm going well, to go and, for that. Yeah, and I mean, if you've seen the video specifically, it's also just based on the fact that somehow Caleb Plant was being hard yet still looked like a bitch. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is he getting your vote as well then, uh, Matty? Oh, amen, sir. Amen. <laughs> Two for Plant. Uh, who are you going for, uh, Rob? Sorry, I'm going for the guys who I forgot to nominate. Uh, your man, Ray Jackson, off Twitter, who's been relentlessly trolling Bud Crawford for like fucking two years. Is he uh, Stephen Jackson's brother? I don't know. Somebody mentioned that before. I'm starting to... I could have completely made that up. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, I don't know, but him and like Artman and all these characters like who are just fucking oh, yeah. trolling Bud Crawford like a fucking acting so fucking stupid on Twitter. Like, I look so stupid now after what happened. Like, so all that, like... Uh, all that action as well. Yeah, I'm going for that. Good stuff. I was going to go for Tone for defending Connor Ben, but he's won it enough times in any way. The two votes go to the Charlo and Plant for the bit of beef backstage plus the wives. So congratulations, boys. You're the Bell of the Week winners for episode 533. You might not be keeping active in the ring, but at least you're keeping active outside. A shout out to our Patreon subscriber who joined up this week, uh, Ali Brightwell. I think it was either earlier on today or yesterday we also had some super chatters if i can bring them up as quick as i can we had slappy gilmore shout out to him uh, we had mtk enforcer rick reveal who scored a win over coogan this week we had ted barrett as well throwing in a few pounds so did captain casual that's demo shout out to him shout out to our american correspondent chase athletics and also to michael McElway, mick throwing in a tenner the I'll lights next... stay on steve the lights shall stay on we'll keep with the screen well, yard and... great bunch of lads else. exactly shout out to mick i'll see you next friday he'll be at the belfast show no doubt as will i uh one thing i neglected to mention very quickly before we did the outro marcus bellinger sent us in a message it's always worth reading out from marcus he said hey lads brilliant week of boxing nice week of betting for myself Crawford produced a stunning performance of power, precision, poise, and pure perfection to leave no doubt who is the king of the welterweights. The signs were ominous for Fulton after two or three rounds with the speed differential work rate and the fact Inoue won the battle of the jabs conclusively. And as we've come to expect, the monster provided the finish to stamp his authority at £122. We rightly often moan about the ills of the sport. This week is worth celebrating how good boxing can be. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Marcus. And fuck the heavyweights. So I think that is... Uh, 
good a place to finish as any yeah brilliant brilliant stuff uh, leave a like subscribe do whatever you want to do there might be a problem with the rss feed this week as i mentioned at the top of the show if there is i'll get it sorted out don't shout at me i've been steve wellings thanks to rap and rob kelly thanks to matty DiGelonardo, and thanks to andy patterson for jumping on we'll see you all again same time same place next week episode 534 matty will be in the hot seat and bye we'll never forget we want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year age. Seven year age. I will fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.